episode 435 of the PlayStation Nation podcast with you as always. That guy over there is Josh. Hello. I'm Glenn. How's it going, everybody? Hopefully you had a good week. Uh, we've had weird weeks because I don't think either of us really played any games at all, <laughs> at all since last time. Maybe a little Not bit, much. but yeah, it yeah. should be interesting. Uh, but this week we got a few new releases. Uh, we then did an interview with another indie developer. His name is Ben Troop, and he uh, was here to talk about a little VR game for Project Morpheus called Headmaster. Uh, so very interesting conversation with him. Didn't go quite as long as we did last week, but pretty close. Obviously, we have this thing with Ben's, so we're going to have to find another Ben next week. Yeah. August is the, the month of Ben's? Maybe? Sure. All right, sure. Why we'll not? go with that. Uh, we got some news items, uh, what we're playing watching, review of Hell on Wheels Season 4 on Blu-ray. Another random disc review for Josh, mm-hmm. even though we didn't do one, two, or three. <laughs> well, I'll just I'll wait s- till next week. Oh, God. Now what did you get? <laughs> um... Rookie Blue Season 5 Part 1. Rookie Blue? What the fuck is that? <laughs> That's what I said. And then, I, then the other night as I was skimming through like the listings on TV, I was looking for something. It's got to be a cop show. It's on ABC. And I was like, holy shit, it's an ABC show? <laughs> Rookie Blue, it's on Season 5 and we never heard of it. Yeah. That's well, I, but I don't watch network TV at all. Oh, Rock is nodding, so he must have heard of it. Yeah, it's oh, okay. it's... From Canada. Um, oh, that's why. It's Canadian. They're in the T-dot. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. I would so have been mad if it was like Toronto. Blue Bloods or something, because I really like that show. No. Yeah, it's... um. Yes. But I'll, t- I'll talk about it next week. I was actually watching some of that, but yeah. And then a game we talked about briefly when we uh, found out that it was being released, uh, Josh's review of Legend of K Anniversary for PS4. I'll talk uh, a little bit about the marathon, uh, the mini marathon raffle. I'm going to take care of that this week. Uh, I know we have at least one email we want to read this week, so we'll have at least one. But guess what? I'm going to do this stuff at the beginning of the show. How about Yay. that? Hold on. Let me take a little sip of uh, my one of my favorite beverages. It's Back Baby, original New York, New York seltzer. I bought okay, some. You, you do that, and okay. I'm going to turn my chair around, and I'm going to watch South Park Cripple Fight, because that's on right now. So go. Don't you dare. <laughs> Too late. Which is even funnier since... Uh, that whole fight is based on They Live. Yeah. With Piper. That's yeah. beat for beat, the the actual fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great. It's amazing. <laughs> Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. In I-5, Cripple Fight. I-5, Cripple Fight. Uh, yeah. So if you want to email us, you can do that a few different ways. You can send an email to podcast at psnation.com. Or if you want to send hate mail, you can send it to josh at psnation.com. You can also go to psnation.com, look on that left side in the contact us section, which gives you our PSN names. You know, you say that every now and then, and they do, but it's all hate mail about you. That's so, fine. That's you know. fine. I, I expect it, honestly. Uh, you can uh, get our PSN names if you want a friend us on, on, on PSN. Just like I said, if you do that, please just say in the comment, like, P- P- PS Nation. That's all we have to know, uh, just so that we can uh, fill one of, those, one of those valuable slots on our friends list. When we'll never play with you because nobody's ever comes oh, into the games that crap. we play. Uh, but just let us know your PS Nation so that because we're trying to keep those slots open for community members and not just random people that uh, see us streaming or well, okay, see, see me streaming. All right, I'm done. Tokyo Drift is on. That was just on like an hour ago. <laughs> you're racing. This must be the you're out west. Here. Yeah, you're on the, the west. west the west one. Yeah, you're racing. What? Ah. Uh, I almost expected him to pull out the varsity blues, but I don't want your life, Dad. 
that guy's that guy's accent's amazing. He's on uh, he's, NCIS yeah. New Orleans now too. He's he's got an odd accent. But, oh, he does. Yes, man. This is my favorite one. I think maybe you're saying of, Tokyo of Drift is them. your fast and your favorite Fast and Furious. Maybe. Just because that. I love Tokyo, I love the I love the whole. I mean, it's beautifully shot. It is you know? beautifully shot. I will say that it, it, the the scenes yes. of the city and all these oh, they got great angles and everything. It's also one of the ones that we joke about the most, especially like I just said, the dad when the kid comes home after uh, drift racing the first time and cracking up the car. Like he walks into their little dojo house and right away he's like, "You've been racing? What? How does he know this? Because <laughs> <laughs> his dad knows him, I guess. All right." I'm just watching uh, Rock just play miserably at Binding of Isaac. You're pathetic tonight. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you can also hit the Contact Us button in the Contact Us section, and you can send us an email that way. You can find our uh, Facebook page over at the Facebooks. Just go to facebook.com slash page. You can go like us over there. You can find our forums at psnation.com slash forums or hit the forums button on the front page. Uh, don't forget us on Twitter. You can send all your hate tweets to PJF Josh at PJF Josh, and of course our main account. Do all the the fuzzy, like really nice, fun tweets to at PS Nation. Put all your hate over to Josh for a change. I think he needs it. Uh, you can uh, find us on the Stitchers okay. if you use Stitcher at all. You can find us over at Stitcher in the video game section. Also, I just found a new podcast today, <clears throat> and I haven't listened to it yet, but uh, it's it's a podcast called How Was This Made. And they kind of talk about movies that ridiculous movies like they shouldn't have been made and how they actually came about. So they try to find like people involved with them. So there was an article today on Slash Film, I think, about uh, Top Dog with Chuck Norris, <laughs> the blatant ripoff of K Nine and Tur- uh, Turner and Hooch with uh, with Chuck Norris. Yeah, I saw like twelve tweets about that all come through at once on my timeline. Yeah, me too. It was like all these people were retweeting at once, and I, I had to go check it out. So I added it on Stitcher, uh, and uh, I'm going to try to give it a listen tomorrow. Hopefully, it work. But that was that's pretty. And Paul Shears on it of all people from uh, from the league, <clears throat> Andre from the league. Uh, don't forget our podcast network over vgevo.com. Don't forget our website at psnation.com. And don't forget those amazing, awesome, what pays our bills affiliate links over at psnation.com. You can find those over on the left side as well. Click on those links to go to the stores to buy your stuff. It doesn't change your pricing. doesn't change your experience, but it helps us pay our bills. And we have a lot of them. Josh is, is a very expensive trophy wife. I don't, people think, I don't think they know how expensive Josh is. Just all the time. Uh, buying them diamonds. Buying them uh, video game or diamond encrusted controllers. Okay. <clears throat> all the time. If you, what, is the IRS listening? Are you trying to, like, do, what are you <laughs> yeah. doing here? Well, I'm trying to be more like Adrian Peterson and, you know, just be a, a, a horrible individual. I was reading some of the stuff on him today. Wow. He has his own charity like a lot of players have. Uh, he got caught last year using the money from the charity to have a four-way big orgy in a hotel in in Minnesota. Ugh. Charged it to the to the credit card of the charity. Yeah, what because he sh- doesn't make enough money. Apparently. Exactly. <laughs> like, what the fuck. And oh, what a shit heel. Yeah, and and it's funny because he tried to deny it, and they're like, "Well, here's all the records. <laughs> here's all the tax returns, and here's what it was charged to. We have the we have the paperwork from the hotel. No, no, I didn't do that." I was just beating my kid until he's bloody. What a fine individual. 
Is, this, he, is he doing the um, the Dennis Rodman defense? Which one which was, was that? Dennis Rodman's defense <laughs> was, and he said this happened. Uh, he had two women in bed with him. Okay. And his wife walked in. Carmen Electra? I don't know if it was her. I think it was somebody else at the time. Maybe it was Carmen. Maybe it was somebody else. Whoever it was okay. at the time. Uh, his wife walked in. And he said, baby, I don't know what happened. They just fell out of the ceiling. Oh, my God. And he stuck with that story the whole time. Oh, God. <laughs> well, you know, in Dennis Robbins' world, that might actually have happened. It's possible. I mean, he is, a, he is from outer space, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was with those kind of skills. Yeah. And it, well, so where all this came from is Deadspin every year does your team sucks because articles for every single team in the, in the NFL. And the Vikings one this year was superb. And it's actually written by a Minnesota Vikings fan. That's the best part of it. And uh, so they went into all that. They went into the, the monstrosity that the new stadium is going to be and the way that, uh, the way that they're building it. Um, the Audubon Society is now came after them because they're like, well, you need to put some weird lighting in so that birds don't run into it. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. So now this stadium is probably going to kill like thousands of birds. <laughs> as long as it's not a lion and as long as nobody's a, uh, an orthodontist or whatever that guy was that's all yeah but it, it, some of the stuff they had on there was just outstanding it, it's great and I mean as a Packer fan it's even better but I mean some of the other ones are great too they usually all are really good even the one of the Packers so I can, I can laugh at my Packers at least for five minutes and that's all business <laughs> just saying <laughs> anyway, right. uh, new releases, Josh. Yes, new releases for the PS4 next week. We have Hell Divers Super Earth Ultimate Edition <laughs> for thirty nine ninety nine. That one includes eleven DLC packs and some other stuff and junk. That game had that many DLC packs. Yeah, apparently, you know I liked that game a lot, but I just got bored with it all of a sudden. I don't know what it was. I enjoyed it, but then I just like. Somebody asked me one day to play it. I'm like, I don't think so. Well, I did not get it, so that's perfect. Wait, I can... how did you not get it? I never got it. I thought we got a free for plus. Mm, did we? I'm pretty sure we did. Well, if it was plus, then no, I don't think it was. Gosh, I'm almost positive it was. No, I don't think it was. Or I would have it. Hmm. Uh, I don't have it on my download list. Hmm. All right. I mean, we get so many free stuff, so much free stuff from Plus. It's hard to keep track. Yeah. Which is actually um, true. Uh, so that's thirty nine ninety nine. As I said, wasn't it? Woof. Was it that much when it came out, or was it twenty? Or I think I thought it was twenty, but who knows how much all the DLC was? Because I didn't get the uh, season pass or anything. Mm. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. But it's physical. I saw the the golf club on disc yesterday at Walmart. Oh, nice! Yeah, I actually saw that in in the wild. I like that. There, there's more and more uh, games hitting physical media, which is interesting. Well, I mean, it makes sense with the golf club. Maybe not as much, since I mean, the big draw with that game is you know all the free courses, you know all the 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 the, the community made courses. So I yeah. don't know how many are on the disc though. Um, well, yeah, I, you've got, 
the disc ones are kind of aimed more at the people who don't have an internet connection or, well, I don't know. Well, um, I mean, that that's obviously what it's for is people that don't have an internet connection, but at the same time. Or the people like me who are just would rather have physical media. Sure. And, you know, there's a push for physical media for a lot of games out there right now. And, and even even smaller titles that people are just like, I really want a physical release like Yakuza 5. Well, because, Brothers yeah, yeah, it's is another. coming September 1st. Right. Yakuza 5 and, I mean, Shenmue were the biggest ones. Uh, Shenmue 3. Uh, Shenmue 3, I know they're going to do a physical for PC, and I think they finally said, all right, we'll do one for PS4 if you do the Kickstarter. Uh, yeah. But I know that everybody wants Yakuza 5, but I'm like, you know, Sony's ponying up the money to bring this over to the U.S. So I'm, probably, I'm pretty sure they're going to try to do this as cheap as possible because the Shenmue series is really popular in Japan, in the U.S. I think it's a niche title, really. I mean, yeah, it, it sells, but it doesn't sell well enough to, to show a huge profit. I don't know. That's what it seems like, at least. Yeah. So Brothers and Shovel Knight are both getting physical releases. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing about that. Near future. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Very cool. Um, but, uh, okay, back to our new releases, Indeed. which would be the next one is for the Vita. And we continue down our awesome JRPG crazy <laughs> weird path uh, with Atlas bringing Dungeon Travelers 2, the Royal Library, and the Monster Seal. Indeed. Which, uh, yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, art that is sure to leave a mark. The hand-drawn art of the girls in your party, as well as the mutant girls who must be defeated, breathes scintillating life into the quixotic world of Romulea. Oh, shit. You know what? We got this for review, and I never gave it to anybody. Oh, boy. Crap. Good job. I just slipped through the cracks. Yeah. Shit. Well, I'll take care of that after we're done. Yep. Okay. So, um, yeah. It's uh, English text with the original Japanese in-game voices. Which Hmm. is cool. Okay. So, yeah, that's... Uh, oh, wait, you had that one. You sent it to Chaz, I think. This? No. You sent Oh, wait, email. did I? Yeah, you sent an email saying nobody took it. Dungeon Travelers It's the too, first person right. dungeon crawling RPG from Aqua Plus and Atlas. Yes, that's right. That was the one that So was... I have a code for it, too. <laughs> you do? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Oh, wait, and Chaz... What the... F- All right, we'll have to look at this later. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I have an I have a code for it too. Okay. Interesting. All right. Then. All right. Well, that's it for new releases. All right. It only took us a half an hour to get through that. Good job. Yes. <laughs> All right, news items. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, oh well, we yeah. Our, Jeez. Let's whoa. have our interview with Ben. Let's do that. So, uh this gentleman Josh got to meet at uh, the New York City uh event that he went to a couple weeks ago. Uh which is kind of funny like I saw on Twitter that he was going to be there. I'm like, "Hey, you should talk to Josh." And you guys did. Yeah, we tweeted, and... There was a romance made in heaven. And then we met. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we talked to Ben a little bit less than last week, not very much, uh, about his new game, Headmaster, that's coming out exclusively for Project Morpheus. Uh, and, and Josh got to play it, I got to see it. Uh, but we definitely talked a lot about that, about uh, VR in general, and, and uh, 
you know, kind of the things that he's seeing and then talked a little bit about his, about his past because he's worked on a few other games uh, that you might recognize. Mm-hmm. So without further ado, here's our interview with Ben. All right. We are here talking with Ben Troop of Frame Interactive. He is the founder and CEO, and he is bringing out a little game called Headmaster, the one that I got to play a couple of weeks ago at the Sony event in New York City. Hi, Ben. Hi. How's it going? Good. (laughs) How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Nice. How, How was your trip back from New York? Uh, well, at the time I lived in Albany, so I just got a train, but, uh, just over the last couple of weeks I moved out to Portland, Oregon. So I'm sitting here, sitting here in Portland talking to you. From Albany? Yeah. Moved from Albany to Portland. Usually people want to escape Portland to Albany. Isn't that the, the way it's supposed to go? Portland, Oregon to Albany, New York. Yeah. I don't sure, know, if that's, I don't know. That, that direction. It depends on how much rain they can put up with really. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, we got here in the summer, so we're uh, we're pretending like it doesn't get cloudy here. <laughs> oh, so it's only five inches a day. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah, you have to you have to give us some uh, some first first uh, level impressions of of Portland at some point. Okay, because sure. all anybody really knows is, of course, that TV show Portlandia. Yeah, it's funny. I haven't uh, I haven't watched enough of it. Maybe if I watched too much of it, I wouldn't have decided to come. <laughs> Maybe we should move back. Right. <laughs> so, Josh, you got to meet Ben at that New York City thing. Yes, I You've did. Been talking about this game. I got to see it at E3. I didn't get to play it because that was one of the ones that wasn't like up in the special area. So I didn't have time to wait in the line. Yeah, but it looked so really cool. I did my half-ass explanation of it, so why don't you give us a proper explanation of what Headmaster is? So Headmaster uh, is a game about heading virtual soccer balls with your actual head. Uh, and so you, you, know, you wear a Morpheus, and you, uh, you know, just like with any VR game, you can look around and see this, this world. And... Um, you know, there's a kind of a story or an idea to the game, but the basic mechanic is that uh, soccer balls and other things fly at your head and you use your head to actually, um, you know, send them places by hitting them. So uh, the, the kind of idea of the game is that you're a professional soccer player who had a bad year and you were sent by your club to the football improvement center, which is not a prison. Not a prison. We had to make that clear. (laughs) I was thinking more it was like Harry uh, Harry Potter's school. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, uh, you know, where the headmaster, uh, you know, the double entendre that came from. Um, You know, there's a voice coming over like a loudspeaker that's, you know, directing you. And so that's kind of the the headmaster of the football improvement center. Ah, okay. yeah, so it's it's kind of an odd place. I wouldn't say that he's uh, you know the headmaster's like out to out to get you or anything, but you are there for heading therapy to get better. So um, it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting arrangement. <laughs> yeah. It definitely is. So uh, why Morpheus? What what led you to this uh, this idea of of this game? Really? Well, uh, it really. I mean, it started as a game jam game, you know, and I was using other hardware to, to prototype it, but I was interested in, 
in bringing it to Morpheus because it's a really fun game to watch someone play. And, um, you know, with the Morpheus, you can watch the TV and see what they're seeing. And it's not like the, maybe some, uh, you know, of your listeners have seen like other VR platforms show like, uh, there's like, it's like you're kind of looking through binoculars. Um, but with the Morpheus, it's a really nice view that's undistorted. And, um, and so there's a whole bunch of challenges that you get put through of, you know, balls coming at you and needing to have them. And, uh, I don't want to ruin all the surprises of the game, but they're in the trailer. You know, you can see you're like breaking pinatas and right. doing carnival, you know, target shooting and, Which is and, uh, <laughs> and so it's just really fun to, to watch someone play. And I really am, uh, I'm really just psyched about VR in terms of the social aspects of it, because, you know, sure, you can kind of put the headset on and disappear into your own world, but I like the idea also of, um, you know, having it be kind of a social thing where you can get together and take turns. And so when I looked at, uh, you know, what the Morpheus was going to be, it was going to have, you know, you know that you have a TV, you know that you're going to be able to see what the person's playing, and then you know that the arrangement of the room is going to be like for a console, so you're probably going to have a couch, you know, places to sit. So it just felt like a natural way to play VR socially, and, and the game was a really good fit for that. Yeah. And then, and then the other part of it was just that it was Sony, and you know, the game's got a, a you know, basis in soccer, or football, depending on where you are, and you know, Sony is just like a really, uh, you know, European friendly, international friendly. Indeed. platform and so yeah i just felt like it all kind of lined up so are you planning anything you, you talked about the social aspects and you know sitting around the couch and watching other people play or have you maybe even thought about doing something with more interaction where uh, so they had that uh that one game where you at e3 where you played as kind of a godzilla monster mm-hmm. and the other people used the dual shock to control these little characters the little ar robots and then at the end, they actually got to turn the tables and start throwing things at you wearing right. the goggles. Have you thought about anything like that at all? Or I've thought about that kind of stuff. I don't. I don't have any like thing to announce about that or any kind of concrete plans. But it's it's definitely one of the coolest features of the platform to be able to do that. So you know, if it, if it was possible to do it and it fit in the design, you know, as I went, then I would certainly consider it. Josh tweeted, "That's a yes." Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I agree that that's like one of the one of the coolest ways to play VR. Um, you know, seeing that like people being able to engage with the the person. It's you know, it's almost like how the Wii, uh, the Wii U got that thing going with the um, with the uh, I forget what they call their their tablet thing that you hold. But I thought that was just one of the coolest things about that platform. And so it kind of seems like a natural sort of outgrowth of that dynamic. Well, that's something that really sets Morpheus apart is the fact that they have that breakout box and, you know, right. you can put it out to the TV. It, it really opens up the possibilities. Yeah, yeah, totally. I like it. So, Josh, you played this. Uh, what what did you really think about it? Like, how did, how did you have to play it? Just did you feel uh, – so one of the games that I played, it was an early one, but I felt like I was going to fall over a few times. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get that sensation with this one? Uh, no, not really. Um, I, I got good instructions right before I started. <laughs> Excellent. That always helps. <laughs> Which were essentially keep your feet planted firmly on the floor <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of bend at the waist. Um, just bend forward at the waist. 
uh, to head. And it worked out pretty well. I, 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 I did all right. Uh, I got pretty far in the game. Uh, there were a couple times I thought, oh no, this is it. I'm not going to get the, you know, my target score and I'm not going to move on. And I, I'd catch one or two targets at the end and, and move on. So nice. Uh, it's cool. It's, it's one of those games. I think I mentioned it when we talked about it before. It's, it's one of those games that's going to kill me though, because it has that, you know, <laughs> your target scores are one star, two stars or three stars. And if I don't get three stars, I'm going to have to go back and do it again and do it again and do it again. <laughs> again. <laughs> so that's your, that's your style is to try and get three stars. Even if there's like no good reason, you just need to see the three stars filled out. Yeah. of the compulsion. I okay. do. Jo- Josh s- is that same person that'll go through a game and look for every single hidden item. Yeah. And it, it's gotten so bad now that we call it joshing a game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, like to, I like to explore every little, especially in an open world game or any, any place, you know, any like in Bioshock, people mm-hmm. blow through Bioshock. It takes me forever because I'm wandering the streets and looking at all the different things. And yeah, I, I just, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, you know it's a it's an interesting structure that's I think working out pretty well for us because, um, you know, say in one round you might have a one star score of like seventy, and mm-hmm. your two star might be like one hundred and fifty, but then your three star might be like four hundred, and so not having seen the game, it, it's still you can imagine that like what we're trying to say there is okay if you want to just get past this level that's cool like if you don't love playing it like you can just one star and move on but usually like getting a three star on a level is going to require some thought like some sort of strategizing about okay i'm gonna hit this target then this target so it kind of takes it from like just the the basic like oh i can head the ball and basically go where i want with it to like really developing a skill and say okay i'm gonna hit exactly that one way over there and then i'm gonna hit the one on top of the you know tractor trailer and so yeah, there's there's all kinds of. Uh, I think there's a lot of depth to it. Uh, you know, hmm. for being a game that's based on one mechanic, if you think about the depth of, you know, all the angles and all the power that you can do into heading something. I mean, it's like there's there's a lot of skill. I think that can come out of it. So I'm looking forward to people getting really good. Nice. You know? So. And you're gonna have like leaderboards and everything online leaderboards or local or. I want to find some some way to have leaderboards. It's important to me. I, I you know, I, I love games where you can particularly see leaderboards against your friends. Yeah, I think that's always the best. So I, yeah, I want to find some way to to get that in there. Nice. Yeah, I I really enjoyed. Well, I like the way it ramps up. It goes. It ramps up real slowly. It it kind of gets you used to the mechanic, and then starts to things start to get crazier where the balls are coming in from very different angles. And the targets are hidden behind things, and mm-hmm. it just it it changes. It, it's not the same thing over and over again. Where it seems like, just based on the premise, that okay, this could get old real quick, but it doesn't. I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's that's kind of the story of VR in a way. Is that you know what looks on the surface to be you know kind of something you would get used to, and that you you might sort of exhaust pretty quickly. Um, I think a lot of VR experiences, once you start playing them, can can have a lot more depth. And the other thing about uh, Headmaster and all these, you know, when you go to E3 or you go to Comic-Con or any of these shows and, and you get a demo is like, 
you know, we're, we're trying to compress the whole thing into like 10, 12 minutes. And, you know, Headmaster is like a totally new mechanic that like, it's not like, a, okay, it's another platformer. So you know how to jump, you know how to, you know, all the, the conventions that have been built into a genre or something you carry in, you know, and you're like, okay, I'm kind of building off of that. But I mean, like you saw, Josh, I had a, I had to give you some like coaching right at the beginning of yeah. ways to play it. And, uh, you know, we didn't even really realize that that was going to be helpful or necessary um, when we first started showing it. But it just became clear that, like, uh, it's a new thing. Like, it's a totally new thing. And and um, so I would actually say that the ramp-up would be a little bit more gentle in the, in the final game. Um, you know, I think we were kind of having to hurry in a, the, that sort of demo environment to, from, like, okay, hey, check it out. It's a game about having soccer balls to, oh, like, okay, now you're learning how to do it. And, oh, now you're getting sort of comfortable, and now we're trying to make you laugh really hard and surprise you all within, like, this totally jam-packed, like, 10 minutes, you know? Yeah. So uh, so I think that that ramp could be more like 30 minutes or so just to even get comfortable. Um, you know, I think that that would probably feel pretty good to somebody that actually bought it and got to sit down with it. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, th- I think I think a little instruction there is helpful because I I look at it before I ever, you know, do anything with it, I look at it and I see soccer and heading the ball and I'm thinking, all right, I'm in my head. I'm thinking I'm going to be standing there with Morpheus on and I'm going to be kind of bouncing back and forth on the balls of my feet, waiting for something to come in and I'm going to head it, you know, and you'll probably end up falling over if you're doing that. (laughs) You mean like like you were thinking like, this is going to be like super action. Like I'm going to have to be like really on my toes. Yeah. 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 Well, that was all the promise of VR back in the late eighties, early nineties. Come on. You're going to be on these, on these, uh, unlimited track thingies that go everywhere. And sure. You're going to be like exercising more than when you would, even if you were like on a real soccer pitch and right. You're thinking you'd have to actually be in the ready pose yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I would just look at it and go, eh, I'm going to play solitaire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did, I, I definitely had to find a way to make it, uh, to where you'd want to play for a long time. You weren't like, you know, just sweating your, your, uh, face off the whole time. Um, you know, it's it's definitely not like a game where you're like jumping up in the air and and flying all over the place. It's like you're standing in one spot and you're you're you know sometimes you're heading hard or soft, but yeah, it's it's definitely not like a, like a crazy athletic game. That's not the idea, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I got what I liked about it as I got deeper into it. There, um, you know, I I I wouldn't look around necessarily at the start of a round, which was a big mistake. Uh, cause I didn't see where all the balls would be coming from mm-hmm. and there'd be one, you know, just off to the side of the goal and I'm heading all of them right towards these, um, right towards the targets. And then all of a sudden the next one is way off to the left Yeah, and it's coming in at such an extreme angle that what I want to do is hit these targets right on the left, but I've already hit all of them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, ah, oh, so now I'm having to angle the ball as it comes in and try to get it across to the right side of the net. And sure. it turned into a whole thing where, you know, now I'm trying to learn how to angle the ball as it's coming in without falling over right. and, and, and just get the points. And it's, it's cool the way you've, uh, you, you kind of change things up there and you really do 
at the start of every round, you need to look around and, and get an idea of what's going to happen here and where things are before you, uh, well, that's, that's really interesting. You mentioned that cause that's one of the, one of the most enjoyable moments in demoing the game is, is that exact level. Um, and I would say 90% of the players, uh, don't take a look to the left. So there's like, right. Just to, to describe to people listening, it's like, imagine you see, you see the soccer goal and you're standing in front of it and there's a, you know, a piece of plywood with a, with a, um, kicking soccer player spray painted on it. And that's like a launcher of the ball. And so you see one right in front of you. And so he, that one buzzes and then five balls come out of it and you're trying to head them in the goal. And then he buzzes again to stop. And then you hear a buzz that's very quiet and you don't know where it is. And then you look to your left and you take one right in the face. that's coming at you like about <laughs> 60 miles an hour. And it is funny every single time. It never gets old to watch somebody just get plowed in the face because they they almost like, I wouldn't say they fall over, but it is like really funny to watch people get like shocked. And that's like the, the first time that the balls are really getting like rocketed at you. So it's, that's a, that's a pretty good time. But it, I think it's really great that you were actually playing it, you know, in that, in that short amount of time you were, um, you know, sort of thinking about, okay, how do I do well? How do I, you know, get the target score and not just like, you know, sort of, uh, looking around thinking I'm in VR, you know, like, I think that's cool <laughs> that you were actually playing it because we, you know, I get a lot of people that it's their first VR experience. And so it's hard to separate out like when they're like, that was so awesome. Like they could have been in a room with a cardboard box in VR and been like, that was so awesome. You know, so <laughs> it's like great when, when somebody actually plays the game and is getting into it and, and you can kind of tell. So I think we're going through a lot of that. Like um, when people are impressed with VR right now, it's not really about the content. It's about like just experiencing the technology the first time, just like blows your mind. But then once you're like, okay, now I get it. I, I took which pill was it? The red pill or the blue pill? I forget. I always forget that um, one too. Yeah. So you took the pill that was for the VR pill and, uh, <laughs> and then you, you get it, you know, once you get it, then you can actually like, be like, okay, what are we going to do in here? And so it sounds like you got it. Nice. So this is your first uh, indie game, correct? Like a game that's yeah. your own. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, is there any type of trepidation in, in terms of, Hey, this is my first game and I'm going to do it on a platform. That's not really, it's not really a thing yet. I mean, there's test stuff out there. There's, you know, the Oculus uh, test stuff for that devs and galaxy VR and that sort of thing, but mm -hmm. or, uh, 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 gear, the gear thing. Mm -hmm. But I mean, is this a concern of yours? Like, are, are you, do you have those moments where you're like, am I crazy to be doing this to be starting on, on this type of platform? Uh, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's funny. Not I mean, until now. Thanks. Right? Yeah. Oh, God, I gotta go. Um, no, I mean, the way it was for me was, uh, you know, when I first came up with the idea, I felt like there was a lot of potential to the mechanic, but yeah, like I, I was basically working off my savings at that point. I had left Activision, um, you know, in the middle of 2014 to just kind of see what I would do. Sure. Uh, you know, and I've been making games for like 15 years. So it was like, okay, I got to do this before I die. You know, I got to, I got to see what I can do. So yeah, for the first little bit of working on it, it headmaster was actually my, let's do a quick project and see what a full cycle is like without any expectations of like making any money or anything. It was sure, just like, sure. uh, okay, uh, VR is cool. I'm going to try something out. And, uh, the whole, 
mechanic and the world that ended up kind of growing around it, which was really just like me trying to come up with something that made sense for me and, um, you know, making kind of like this dystopian uh, institution that you're in was really just this like completely organic process of, of coming up with it. Um, kind of got to a point where I was like, yeah, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing here because like, I feel like I want to carry this forward, but I'm talking like, and this is like January, February of 2015. Sure. Like, it's like, I don't know when anything is coming out. Any of these VR platforms are coming out. I don't know when anybody's going to make any money and, and all that stuff. But, but I did have a strategy of approaching Sony and at least like when I got it to a point where I was happy with it being like, okay, I want to, I want to pitch it to you guys and see if you have any interest. And, um, you know, uh, having like a relationship to carry forward. And so when I, I, I met them, uh, I met a guy named Nick Sutner. Um, uh, yeah, I met Nick down at, uh, indicate East and, uh, demoed for him. It went really well. And then over at GDC, uh, pitched to, um, John Drake and Adam boys who Nick pulled in and, uh, you know, a few other guys. And, it was really funny because like, so in Feb- January, February, I-, I felt like, what am I doing? Like I'm, I am taking like a huge risk <laughs> come GDC, you know, all these VR platforms are coming out and, and Sony's like really interested in talking to guys like me. Then it was like, Oh wow. Okay. This is all coming together. But you know, it's like you definitely, uh, wouldn't have thought it would, it would go that way earlier. Sure, sure. So yeah, I mean, um, it's going to be a launch title on Morpheus. Sony is, is supporting the title. Nice. Uh, and so um, it's an exclusive for Morpheus. So, yeah, it's like it, it all basically turned from uh, silly indie dev does a stupid thing to, okay, now it's... <laughs> <laughs> and, and trying to go into VR. And I really felt like VR was like a time is of the essence thing. I mean, it's there's only a certain window of time where... Um, you know, the, the indies are going to be able to get traction. Luckily, I think for the next few years, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for small shops to do stuff. But, um, yeah, at this point that's, it's, uh, you know, been showing it at, uh, you know, various events that Sony's been putting on, uh, they seem to be pretty excited about using it as a way to demonstrate Morpheus. And I think it is a really excellent way to introduce anybody to VR. Like you don't have to think about the controller. It's just a really intuitive game to play. So, yeah, it's just it's just worked out pretty well. So I'd say at this point, the the biggest risk that I'm feeling is like to just make the game as good as it can be. So I'm just busting my butt to do that. Well, that's a really good point too. I mean, you don't have to use the move controllers like some of the other games. You don't have to, you know. No, there was very minimal expl- explanation for what I could tell. So yeah, and, and ironically, I mean, I, I I've actually found that the game is really popular with. Um, I mean, and this isn't in a huge sampling, so I don't want to say this is like. Uh, you know, strict research or anything, but anecdotally, I found the game is really popular with women. Um, hmm. You know, I, I tested. Uh, my wife is probably the second greatest headmaster player in the world, and um, uh, <laughs> oh, sounds like a nurse. Yeah, right. So she's brought um, you know had friends over and stuff, and they played. And I've just been shocked at like how much fun they have. Um, and I've had a few women who are not gamers like explain to me that they just they really like that it doesn't use a controller and it kind of is a reminder of how 
like as gamers, like how used to controllers we are and the sort of like abstraction of the buttons and what they do. And it's just completely natural to be like, oh, hit triangle quick, you know, a quick time event comes up and it's yeah. like, you don't even think like, you know, but for our players, and it's not just women, but I think in in this case, it was like the, the person I talked to wasn't a gamer and identified like not having used a controller, or like really made it more natural for her. So. That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So, because Morpheus, I mean, they they have they have sort of a nebulous date for it out there. It's given you a lot more time to really work on the game and and kind of perfect things and and move it along. It's is this? I, I guess I'm trying to say this is easier for you to do it this way rather than having a an established platform that's already out there and maybe you have deadlines and, and you're worried about. You know, you need to get this shipped quickly or or something like that. Yeah, I would say I would say that has been a good thing. Um, you know, because I think for most people making games, there's no external forces saying like here's one you need to ship or here's one you should, you know, be at various milestones. So and especially for me coming from you know, even though I, I wanted to do indie stuff i think coming from activision coming from sony prior to that like yeah. I, I kind of like having a, a bit of structure and so yeah i think it's it's overall been a good thing i think that um in some ways if there's any downside but i i feel like we're all in the boat this boat together as vr devs is like everybody's sort of inventing stuff without yeah, like yeah. any idea of what the conventions are like this is all just getting invented from scratch now so well it's, some of the, it's totally some the of wild the, west right now it, yeah. it's you see all the different things that people are trying to do and and yeah. I, it really it does boil down to like i, I think there are going to be some failures because they're going to try these new things that just end up not working right. uh, i think what you're doing you know it's it's simple enough that i think it's going to catch on really easily and you could kind of see that when i was watching all the different booths Mm-hmm. And people, everybody I was watching playing your game just seemed to really get it right away. Yeah, I, I am. I'm really hopeful. And I think one thing that I, I thought consciously about is like, is yes, Headmaster is, um, it does involve soccer. Like that is true. But I, I actually pitched the game as like portal meets Wii sports, you know, almost, <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is a kind of strange, strange combo, but uh, but I, I actually look at sports in the game as kind of like a, a gateway to the actual mechanic. Sure. Like it's like a shorthand for saying, "Here's a good reason to bounce things off your head." Like yeah. if I just called it like Head Bouncer 2000, you'd it would take you like a while to get what the heck was going on, you know. Um, but I think like this is a doorway to being like, okay, here's the mechanic, bounce things off your head. But it's not just going to be soccer balls. Like, they're, you know, I, I want the mechanic, which is so fundamental and so intuitive. Like, I don't think they're, I, I mean, I'm not saying this in any way other than just, I think it's objectively true. that I I'm not sure there's any other game mechanic that's as direct as this. I mean, you are using your head to hit things. <laughs> so it, it's a brand new thing. And, uh, and I think that, um, it's just going to be really interesting to see how people cut, that come into it, not wanting to play a sports game will t- 
take, uh, I guess, take the sports out of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to make it a gamer's game. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, it's it's important to me that nobody would say, "Oh, Headmaster, like it looks cool," but I'm not a sports game person. Like, right. I don't, I don't want that to be a, a feeling anybody has. Like, I want it to be like, "Oh, you know, I'm not into sports games, but Headmaster looks really cool. It's it's like a real gamer's game." That's like that's the way I feel about it. Well, maybe you should consider having like a a, a subtitle, something like "Headmaster Smashed in the Face." <laughs> just, you think that would open it up a little more? I'm just throwing that out there because sure. that that sounds a little more extreme with with two X's. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, the more X's, the better. Sure. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't you seen people's names online? Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, then you need to grab that dev kit so we can bring out Head Bouncer 2000 for. Yes. Oh, I'm on it. I'm totally yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call some friends of mine, and we'll get that done next week. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So you were talking about. Uh, some of your past experience. Can we uh, dive a little bit into that? I, I know you worked a lot on Skylanders uh, mm-hmm. at Activision and back at Sony, you were doing siphon filter mm-hmm. uh, stuff. Ah. Uh, so what was that like? Uh, which part? That's let's a long start, period of time. Start, yeah, I know it is. <laughs> uh, let's start with Sony. Uh, Cause the siphon filter stuff that was back on, that was back on like PS1 days. Yeah, when I first got there, it was Siphon Filter 3. And so I, I did the character art on Siphon 3. Um, and, you know, that was like the tail end of the PS1. Uh, and I think that they had signed up to, to do kind of like one last hurrah for that franchise right as PS2 was coming out. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was awesome. Sony Bend is an awesome place to be, and Bend is an awesome place to be. Um, but yeah, I think that studio was significantly smaller than, I don't know if I was, forget what number employee I was, but it was under like 30. It was a pretty, pretty small place at that wow. point. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and so I stuck around there through the release of uh, Siphon Filter Omega Strain, which was a just a huge project. Um, and I did the character art and a bunch of effects on that. Uh, and the, I don't know if you remember that game, but it had like a crazy character customization system. It was one of the first yeah. games to use the network adapter on the PS2. So it was like a, they, they put a lot into, into that. And uh, yeah, I kind of built up through my time there. I got to just be kind of a general problem-solving technical artist. And so um, that was like right around the time in the game industry that the, the role of technical artists sort of started to, to come up. Um, I think as like art pipelines got more, more complex and, um, you know, the, the real artists started to show up in the game industry and it wasn't just like, Oh, you can, you know, you can operate a 3d program. So here, go, <laughs> go make a game. Your like, artist number 13. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Go work. So the fact that, um, you know, teams were getting bigger and, and the PS2, uh, you know, was just making, making more things possible. So, um, I started transitioned to doing tech art, which is like really a lot of, uh, programming and a lot of communication, um, between artists and engineers. Um, so I went to Vicarious Visions and, and did that for a few years and, um, you know, the, that initial stint there was like during the early days of, of that studio's like console time. 
Um, I worked on, uh, oh, what did I do? A bunch of games there that were like... Didn't they do a lot of conversions for like the DS and the Game Boy Advance? They did, and, and, and I'm trying to think of what I was on that actually shipped. But I was on, um, the biggest thing I was on was Spider-Man 3 on the PS2 and Wii, ah, which okay. was just, uh, it just was not a successful project. <laughs> it it but, was about as good as the movie was. Let's yeah, just say it was, that. It was, uh, that was rough. So, um, but you know, I, I really did like the company, but that was a, that was a, uh, challenging project for everybody involved. And so then, um, well, actually you're, had, you're really good at making those things sound so nice. Yeah, well, I mean, it's honestly, it's, it's true that you, like, well, as I get further in my career story, I mean, I, I ended up, um, I did, like, a web startup for a little while, like, I kind of got involved in some other non-game things, but then I, mm. I realized I, I really wanted to go back to games, I kind of got involved in the indie scene a little bit, like, around 2009 or so, and then, um, you know, I decided to go back to Vicarious, because... I knew everybody there. I'd seen the studio was really doing a lot of really cool stuff. They'd done like Marvel Ultimate Alliance, which I uh, uh, actually I think they did Marvel t- Ultimate Alliance too because I think Raven did the original one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'd helped out on that, and I and I decided to go back because you know I, I just knew a lot of people there. I knew I could drop in and, and make an impact right away, and so I came back as a as a tech artist and just like ironically. I had decided I wanted to get into more of the like game design side because the thing that I just was kind of the common thread of my whole career was just trying to make the game better. That was all sure. I was ever trying to do, you know, trying to solve problems, um, you know, through any number of, of ways to, to just make the game better. So I went back and uh, it was very funny because I was on this project called Spyro's Kingdom. Hmm. Um which uh, had a whole bunch of little characters in it, and it was really weird and made by Toys for Bob. And um, we were doing the 3DS port of that game. And so, um, so yeah, I, I, uh, this was the game that was to become Skylanders. I was going to say, that sounds a lot like Skylanders. It was. And so I, was, uh, I started out as the like, lead tech artist on that game, and then the guy that was serving as the game director, who is uh, uh, named David Fifield, he's now the design director at Raven. Um, he decided to go take that job at Raven and offered me the game director spot on that uh, on that title. Ah, okay. So that was like my, and this was in just a few months of of going back to BB. So it was just like a totally serendipitous like jump to <laughs> to uh, you know project leadership and design and everything. And so, well, so yeah, that game. Title. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a big deal, and um, just a huge responsibility. And uh, but it was it was great. So that was the beginning of kind of my time at VV of like uh, leading projects. And so um, that game, you know, through a lot of work by a lot of people, did turn out really well. Um, and uh, then after that, we did some mobile stuff. I led a, a game called Skylanders Cloud Patrol, which is a pretty fun mobile game. Sure. Um, and then towards the end of my time there, I did um, some stuff on Skylander Swap Force. Uh, my like skills as like kind of the all singing, all dancing game maker guy got me doing like um, a bunch of like prototyping. So I did uh, you know a lot of mini game work in, in that game because that was kind of like such a humongous game. They just like pulled the entire studio in and were just trying to like figure out how everybody could help. Nice, yeah. nice. 
Wow. So yeah, so so yeah, like that. Just like I always kind of just had this thing of I wanted to try my own stuff, and uh, like after four years at VB of doing all that stuff, um, just decided it was time, time to take the leap. Nice. And then you said, "Wow, I really need to do VR." I, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't like. I'd like to. It'd be a nice story to say I jump ship to go work on VR, but it's I was, like I, I, I definitely just jump ship to see what would happen. And VR just literally hit. Like as I was leaving, I, I, uh, I think within a few days of of when I left, I went to the game jam where I conceived Headmaster. So it's oh wow, kind of, yeah. wow, yeah, that's that's awesome timing. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was well, and then, but even though I did that, um, I didn't actually follow the game up for. Oh man, that was in like June, and I didn't start working on the game again until September. Oh, but you know, we had a we had a, well, and that just shows you like you, you have an idea that looks like it makes a lot of sense in hindsight. But at the time, I was like, oh yeah, I've got this game where you had soccer balls in VR, and everybody's like, oh, that's neat, you know, <laughs> like it's not like it was so obvious that it was going to turn into this at all. Uh, sure. So, but yeah, we had a baby at the time and it just, I just wanted to take the summer and, and kind of figure, figure out what I want to do. Take a sabbatical. Well, yeah, once I, I mean, having a baby, so you took like what, three days off and yeah, <laughs> right back in and right. yeah, it's that easy. It is, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah so I don't know. I've been around for a while, but, uh, but I haven't really done done my own project, released my own game before, so I'm I'm new in a lot of ways. So cool. yeah, it's been a pretty good adventure. Awesome. I guess one question I've got is, uh, you know, are you going to be at PAX? Are you going to be at anything else before this thing ramps up and, and gets ready to release Q1 next year? I I the game itself will be at several events. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know what I can what I can actually say it will be at because Sony is like you know taking. A- <laughs> over the place so that's up but um i myself am mostly going to be heads down for a while working because right yeah right around e3 like e3 hit and then i went out to comic-con and i went down this did this thing in new york and like it was all great i'm like super excited to to get the word out about the game but um i'm definitely going into into heads down work mode for a while you know get this guy done so nice yeah. All right. Well, maybe we shouldn't take any more of your time up. Maybe we should let you get back to it. No, this is easy. This is, uh, I don't have to travel or anything. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably working on it right now. Just tap yeah, it. Right? Right? <laughs> totally. Cool. Totally. Well, I'm, I'm really excited to see it. Hopefully it is a PAX. I, maybe I'll have to shoot, shoot Nick an email tomorrow. Cause like I said, it's the, it's one of probably, I think two demos they had at E3 that I didn't get to try. So it's, it's mm. definitely one I do want to play. And, Sure. Um, you know, Josh was talking it up quite a bit after he got to see it at the event a couple weeks ago. So it's just makes me want to play it more. Great, great. Well, yeah, you know, uh, let me know what you think of it. I, I yeah, think one thing that's been uh, super interesting is like I've actually been using these events like E3 and Comic Con as like focus testing, which, which is a great really idea. Think, you know, it's, it's funny, like you wouldn't think you'd go to one of these events and like be collecting feedback as much, but, uh, you know, but I totally have. I mean, it's so new yeah. of idea that uh, I think even in the first day of E3, we collected just super, super valuable feedback and even made some adjustments. Um, it was kind of funny. The, so the game's based on rounds where you play one thing, then the lights go out, and then everything sort of like mysteriously changes in front of you, and then the lights come back on. <laughs> and uh, so in the demo, there's like six... Uh, 
think there's like six rounds or something like that. So we put in some functionality that was more just for the demo administrator to um, choose what round came next. And so you could like, so obviously the game doesn't need to use the controller. So the person that's running it just kind of can sit there while the other person has the headset on. And we, we learned so much about how people played that we were actually sitting there and custom changing what round they would play next sure. based on like how well they were doing or like, you know, we, we were kind of like on the fly, like emceeing uh, the demos huh. uh, during E3, which is kind of funny. By the time you, you got to play at Josh down in New York, we had, uh, we had settled in on a pretty universally good flow, but nice. That's kind of cool. But I, 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 you'd be surprised, I think, that at how many indies use events like this for for focus. I, yeah, I, I would say almost all of them do if they're around, and sure. even if they're not around, they usually ask like, "Hey, whoever's doing this, can they kind of you know ask some questions or just keep an eye on things?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's. I mean, especially for a game that's going to require Morpheus because it's not like you can take, Oh, I'm going to take six Morpheus I know, right? setups down to uh-huh. the local Starbucks and have people try it. Right. No, it's totally, totally a good point. Yeah. Well, you know what you need to do? You need to steal, um, the, the thing that the game next to you was doing where you hold the controller up and sort of a, a neon outline of the main points of the controller appear in front mm-hmm. of you in virtual space. Uh, because that was just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, but his game doesn't require a controller. <laughs> well, to start the game, <laughs> it, it's going to need a controller at some point, right? No, you it doesn't. Just because... put Morpheus on and no. go. No, I mean, you, you, you start the thing up, and then you put the Morpheus on, and then if I see a lot of VR demos now, especially with my Google uh, Cardboard and everything, where you just look at a spot for five seconds, and that starts everything up. There's never a button press needed. Yeah. I mean the way that the way that the game has worked to this point has been through um, nodding your head like yes or no. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one too. So I'm kind of kind of trying to keep that going. We are going to do a little bit of that gaze thing that you that you saw with the cardboard, but yeah, it is it is kind of tricky. I agree. Whenever you do have to have the controller, you want to have that like representation in space, you know. And it is super cool to see it track. It's like whoa. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> For sure. So, yeah. all right. Well. I think we're going to get going because, wow, we've gone long again. This is awesome. Cool. All right. Well, you know, thanks for, thanks for having me on, guys. It was, it was good to talk to you. And we'd love to have you back, you know, when you can talk about more, when we finally know what the release date is or anything else, and when you get farther along and, and you kind of know what's going to be in the game, we'd love to have you back. Sure, yeah. Give me a holler whenever. Great. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, check out uh, the website. It's uh, headmastergame.com, and you can see the uh, trailer for it. You can kind of see how the gameplay goes and uh, look for some more news here, especially if I get to see it at PAX. Because, you know, I'll be more trustworthy than Joshua's from the thing, too. <laughs> like, you can trust what I say. Nice. I'm, I'm like the 6 o'clock news. News you can trust. Yes. Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yes. All right, Ben. Well, thank you very much, and uh, get back to work in the game. Sorry we right. distracted you for so long. Uh, cool. All right. Bye, Glenn. Bye, thanks. Josh. Thank bye. you. Well, thanks very much to Ben for spending some time with us. Uh, obviously... This is, I mean, this is, like I said before, this is kind of the Wild West right now. A lot of people are trying some pretty crazy things out with, especially using the move controllers or even like that one game I played that had kind of a modified version of that PlayStation Move rifle. Uh, so it, it's kind of, I, I think he's on the right track, though, by kind of just using the Morpheus itself for the controller. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to play this game. I really do hope that, that it's at PAX. I'd love to try it. So now I'm it's jealous fun. that you got to play it. It's definitely fun. 
And like I said, go to the website, and he's got a 60 frames per second uh, video up uh, showing some of the gameplay. And uh, it looks really fun, but very simplistic, very easy to pick up, but I'm sure uh, pretty tough to master. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Well, that was one of the surprising things about it. It seemed like, I was like, okay, you're heading soccer balls. How... Yeah all right, I'll be done in 30 seconds. Then what, you know, but (laughs) there's a lot more depth to it than that. And it's a lot more involved and a lot more engaging than you would think. So, well, and it switches it up too. I mean, it's not just, Oh, here's a soccer ball. Oh, here's a soccer ball. So, you know, stuff starts coming from different directions that you see in the video and some pretty cool stuff. So I'm excited for it. It looks neat. And I see, you know, he, he mentioned the portal thing. You kind of see that in just the art style. Like kind of how he keeps the background black, and it, for some reason it, it actually had that that portal feel to it, even though there's no portals. Yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. cool. It's cool. It's fun. All right. Well, something that I find very cool, and and that uh, a bunch of us have been talking about for quite a while. So EA and Dice had talked for a long time that they were going to bring out a new set of DLC levels for Battlefield Four. Yes, even this late in its life cycle. And we kept hearing about it, kept hearing about it. Well, finally, it's been revealed. It's called Night Operations. And these are levels that are all at nighttime. So they're kind of going back to their BF2 roots again. <clears throat> uh, it's going to feature a brand new map set of, of nighttime uh, uh, versions of Zavod. Well, they're calling it Zavod Graveyard Shift. Uh, the map is just nighttime version of Zavod 311 uh, with some tweaks made to, to the sound and the gadgets and, of course, the time of day. Uh, so this map has been in the, uh, uh, what the hell they call it. It's like an early access thing on PC, a, a community something or other. Uh, so that the community people can play the version of the map and give like updates and, and give suggestions, that sort of thing, and kind of run like a, a huge beta test on the map. Uh, but it's also going to have a special preset loadout for Gunmaster mode, and it's going to support all the other standard game modes. Uh, on top of that, the new DLC will also come with various improvements to the game, including weapon tweaks. I've heard these tweaks are huge, too. Weapon tweaks, net, net code improvements, and much more. So pretty excited for this one. Uh, we, they, they said it was going to be, quote-unquote, the summer. So obviously they're going to do the very end of the summer in September. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited for this. It gives us a chance to go back to Battlefield 4 like we did uh, at the Extra Life thing a couple weeks ago. So very cool. And the, and the trailer's in the article if you want to go check it out. Uh, it looks it looks like it could be a lot of fun. And finally, those IR uh, scopes can actually have some use <laughs> instead of blinding yourself by looking in the sun accidentally. Nice. Indeed. All right. Uh, the next one was a surprise. Yeah, I figured you'd be excited for this one. So I... Gamescom. Uh, Homefront, the revolution, is back. <laughs> it's back, back from baby. the dead. Uh, yeah. So now... Uh, Dambuster Studios will be developing it. Uh, people at Gamescom actually got hands-on time with the game. That was the biggest surprise, yeah, because we, so, we knew yeah. that this went to a different developer and that it was still being worked on, but I don't think it was this far along. It still takes place in Philadelphia. Uh, it's still Korean-occupied, um, but things have changed up a bit. They basically... They're calling it a narrative reboot, uh, it's right. not a sequel to the original. So instead of, and this I'm kind of bummed about cause I thought the idea of the original was a really good idea and I thought they could have built off that, but I, I don't know how Wait, this is going to play out. The idea you mean red Dawn? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. That was so. a good idea. <laughs> um. So they're saying that uh, rather than a united Korean state taking over the U.S., a humanitarian crisis has brought the U.S. to its knees under the brutal military control of a globally dominant Korean corporation. Which hmm. makes no sense to me because Samsung is going to take us over. Exactly. That would be South Korea. The, the North Korea is not has no globally dominant anything, let alone corporations. Well, I think they had to change it because North Korea wouldn't make it in here, make it here in time since they changed their time zone now to be a half an hour different. Wait, what? You didn't hear about that? What yeah. are you talking about? Last week, North Korea announced that they were creating their own time zone that's a half an hour different than the one that they were on before because that time zone was chosen by Japan when Japan uh, occupied North Korea and they wanted to set themselves apart. So now they're on their own time zone that's got a 30-minute difference than any other time zone. Well, good for them. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't hear about that. No. We'll see. That's why they're going to be late. So the South Koreans <sighs> beat, them, beat them to Philly to take over. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm sure they have like some interesting narrative to put it together. But I thought the whole, the whole narrative they had for the original one I thought was really interesting. Um, because they were even using things right out of the news, sure. like right up to the point where that boat got, the boat was sunk and Hillary Clinton was up there yelling about it. And a week later that was in the trailer, like the next trailer yep. that came out yep, and I they remember that. weaved it into the game. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> And I think they could have done so much more with that and, and built off of that. And it sounds like they're throwing that whole idea out and going some other way. Um, well, maybe it's it's just because since that new stu uh, studio took over, maybe they just wanted to kind of build their own, you know, build their own uh, story arc. And it just didn't fit into where they were going with it originally. Or, maybe that's the problem they were having with the, the, the whole series as a whole is that maybe the storyline they were doing, they just couldn't work, make it work after the first one. I don't know. I I don't know. I I think maybe I think the the more likely explanation is everybody is terrified at what happened after the interview, and they don't want to make it so obvious that it's North Korea doing all this. You mean all those movie theaters that they never blew up? Exactly. Yeah. But maybe that's what's going on. They're, they they started to say, you know what? Maybe we should tread lightly with this. Well, and maybe they know something we don't. Into a South different Korea thing. is on the uh, brink of going as crazy as North Korea. It's possible. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> Dam Busters is in the UK. 126 people on staff, and mm. they're mostly veterans of Crytek UK. Yeah, that's what I heard is a bunch of the Crytek folks. And this is going to be on the CryEngine. So, <clears throat> it's scheduled to be out oh. in spring 2016. That's the worst part of it. I just don't like CryEngine. PS4, Xbox One, PC, Mac, and Linux. Indeed. I think I'm playing this at PAX. Well, I hope they got their geography correct with this <laughs> this time around. What do you mean? Uh, that was my one complaint when I saw it at E3 back in 2014. Okay. Uh, 
they start off the demo and the guy's like, okay, it, you know, it's sitting there and, and the guy goes, okay, you're, you're with the resistance and you're in this, you're in Philly and you're going to do this and you're going to go here and you're going to do that. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, there's center city, Philadelphia. There's the bridge. You're in New Jersey right now. <laughs> but did they ever say they were going to try to be like accurate with the map and everything? Or are they just going to use? Well, they, that was their whole thing Philly. was that I, I don't know. They were making it Philadelphia, but that's, that's a pretty big, you know? So I said something to the guy at the end of the, at the end of the demo. Of, I was of like, of course you did. I said, look, I don't want to be that guy, but, but you are going to be that guy. I said, maybe you've heard this from other people who are from Philly, but when you started that thing, based on where you were, you were in New Jersey. And he was like, what? Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's almost that's like why us expecting watchdogs to be accurate too. Cause at watchdog, even, <clears throat> I mean, I don't live in Chicago. I worked down there a long time, but even I knew like, where the hell are the, these cliffs coming from? There, there's no cliffs around Chicago. Well, I mean, that's fine. I, I expect them to take a little license with it, but there's two bridges. There's two main bridges in Philly, and they link Philly to Jersey. So if you're on the other side of the bridge, you're in Jersey. It's sure. that simple. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's maybe that's why there's a new studio working on it. Uh, that's yeah. They <laughs> maybe Dan Buster's actually went to Philly for a day. Let's well, take a, let's take a day trip to uh, Philly. Make sure we are, we're on track. Maybe that guy went back to the studio and he was like, are you serious? You guys didn't know. We're in Jersey with that. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? We we never thought people in in Philadelphia played video games. They're not smart enough. So they start. Yes. They only had a a convention there a couple weeks ago. Oh, just because they had a convention in town doesn't mean they're big gamers. Oh, it does. Because every every city has a convention now. Haven't you noticed? If this convention was so great, then why weren't you and I doing a panel there? Ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we've done a panel anywhere. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, well, we did a stage thing for Sony, but well, that we did was a stage it. thing for Sony. We did a live show yeah. after E3 at, at the Meltdown. Yeah, but that was us. If anybody watches <laughs> Meltdown with uh, with Kumar and uh, uh, what's his name, Jonah Ray, we were on that in that same room. That's the exact same place we did our show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've done things. Yeah. We've paid for it with a little bit of our soul every time, but we've done things. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Maybe we'll do something at PSX again if they do it this year. Wink, wink. That would be awesome. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll have us, uh, we'll, we'll show off the PS5. You never know. <laughs> we'll bring out the PlayStation Move 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe Morpheus 2. Yeah, it'll be Morpheus too because the first one's not even. It'll be like uh, 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 Oculus, where they've been showing the damn thing off for three years and still haven't brought it out. God, so sick of seeing Oculus. Bring it out already. Yeah, just a little commentary. All right. All right. So do we cover? Well, wait. There's an. Uh, did you go through the update? On the, oh yeah, that's the narrative change. Okay. Yes. All right, and that comes out spring when. Next year. Spring 2016. 2016. Are we yeah. going to put money on the fact that it's coming out then or not? I think it'll be spring 2016. Okay. If if it's playable on the floor in, <clears throat> in Gamescom, they have at least something done. Yeah. So. Yeah, true. Well, like I said, I, I, I just looked and I do have an appointment with it at PAX. So, take a look at it. All right. Make sure you're not over the bridge. 
Yeah. I'll have to periscope it. Just like I'll do a private periscope just to Josh so I can go, all right, is this accurate? No, that's bullshit. <laughs> what the hell? They're not even Jersey anymore. They're New York City. How the hell did that happen? I'll tell you. Give it to Ralph Garman. He'll say the same thing. There you go. I'll make sure Garman's there at PAX. I'm sure he'll be there uh, just happy as a clam at PAX. Mm-hmm. Ralph Garman. All right, uh, next. I'm not going to go through this whole thing, obviously. We have a great article up on the website. Uh, Dave took the time to kind of go over a lot of the coverage of The Taken King in uh, coming out for Destiny, I think, in September. And it's kind of funny when you look at some of this stuff, and actually if you watched the uh, interview that he did with Deej at E3, uh, because Dave got a lot of things right, <laughs> just just from the, all the stuff he played at E3. And he kept asking Deej and everybody else about it, and he's like, well, you know, we're really not going to talk about that right now. We're just here to talk about this. Uh, you know, the, you know, the PR stuff. So, uh, just a couple things. Uh, and like I said, go check out the article. And actually there's a companion piece on the forums as well, which a lot of people have found. Um, our forums have pretty much turned into the destiny forums at times. So people need to get out there and like make more, make more, uh, uh, things up categories, topics. <laughs> wow. I've had a weird few days. Drink a lot uh, of beer. Apparently. Drink a lot of beer. Uh, even yesterday when I wasn't going to drink any, I'm like, I, I was looking at my friend's drink. I'm like, man, that does look good. <laughs> so I had one. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so one thing is it looks like, uh, when you leveled up from one to 20 by collecting XP, uh, it was pretty easy. Uh, but once you reach 20, your progression was, uh, strictly tied to what armor pieces you had equipped, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, now it looks like, uh, well, Luke Smith, uh, has been quoted to say that, Oh, boy, he's using big words because he's Luke Smith. The conflation of gear and character level led to this place where your identity was determined by things outside of your control. Uh, so he doesn't want to, they don't want to do that anymore. So it looks like a lot of the stuff, like uh, the, the actual uh, level system that they have in there is going to change drastically, including it sounds like uh, light levels are going to go away with uh, all your weapons and everything. So, Or actually be more, yeah, light levels with your weapons and with your armor. I haven't played Destiny in like three weeks. Uh, also, the year one legendary weapons, uh, you're not going to be able to ascend after uh, year two starts. So you can't even ascend those to the year two level cap uh, when, the level, when the Taken King starts out. So all that work you put in to leveling up your legendary weapons, yeah, it doesn't matter. Cause, so now they're going to make you get all new legendary weapons and keep chasing that dragon to level all those up now. All that work you put in the first year means nothing. <sighs> Son of a bitch. Uh, the one thing, though, that I thought was really hilarious. <clears throat> so we've all made all the jokes about the little ghost, you know, the little cube that floats around and everything. And, and Peter Dinklage was the voice uh, of the ghost. And everybody mm-hmm. calls him the Dinklebot, you know, because it's funny and it works. And one of the biggest jokes is that Dinklage seemed to really not give a shit when he gave all the lines. Just no emotion whatsoever. I personally said, well, he's, he's a robot. He's, a, he's an AI. He's not supposed to have emotion. But who knows? Maybe Dinklage was just phoning it in. Who knows? So all of a sudden, they they decided to announce, oh, by the way, Nolan North is redoing all the voice for the ghost. <laughs> so not only, is he, not only is he the new voice in the ghost in The Taken King, he's re-recorded all the ghost lines in all the previous Destiny content. <laughs> That's really messed up. Holy shit! So it's going to be interesting hearing Nathan Drake in that little cube. But... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, I really don't... I see why they're doing the thing with the legendary weapons, not letting you ascend them to year two. I mean, it makes you 
it makes you work toward a lot of new stuff. You know, it's it's you trying to find all those weapons. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you don't have all the same shit all the time like you do right now. But at the same time, like I said, to me, that's a, it's a complete waste of a year's worth of work for me. That I can't descend those weapons past a certain point. And, ugh, God, just a mess. But it does sound like they're making a lot of good changes. I will, uh, I will withhold judgment. I do want to see what all the content's going to be in Taken King. Because, again, it's 40 bucks. Uh, you know, you can buy that special edition that's going to have the previous two DLCs and the Taken King and the game for 60 uh, But, of course, you don't have that cool scarf that you only get when you played year one or whatever it's going to be. Something really stupid. Uh, but that was the whole thing that Deej was talking about at E3. He's like, well, you know, you've had the game since the beginning, though, or before the Taken King comes out, if you have the game and you played it, you get some special item. I'm like, okay, so I'm still paying $120 for all my content. Compared to sixty bucks for people are getting into it now, but at least I get a new what pair of boots, maybe some eyeliner. I don't know. We've had this debate and we've had this debate ad nauseum on the on the forums and everything, and I get both sides of it. But at the same time, you know, the first two DLCs they added some content, but you know, the second DLC that came out didn't even add a new uh, new raid, which I thought was kind of ridiculous. Because uh, the raids are something that people do a lot of times to get new weapons, new uh, new materials. Um, so this Taken King, I mean, they I think they're really on 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 the hot seat with this, honestly. Especially for forty bucks, that's a pretty high number for comparing it to what we've seen in the first two sets of DLC. It's that's we better get a lot of content in there. They're going to have a lot of people uh, jump ship, I think. Because there's a lot less people on my friends list playing it now because they're all playing Rocket League. <laughs> they're playing Rocket League and they're playing, uh, um, uh, what's the new online MMO? Uh, the Skyrim thing. Um, uh, shit. Um, Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, uh, yes. Thanks for helping, Jeff. Yeah, no problem. Back on there. <laughs> but I do see a lot of people playing that now, too. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in September with this. And the cool thing is we'll have it right before Extra Life, so if we want to play it in Extra Life, we can. But also I think, what is the, there's a game that, can, oh, uh, Fallout 4 comes like a week after Extra Life, but I'm going to, I'm trying to work it out so we have it maybe for the stream so we can show off some Fallout 4. So we'll see what happens. I'm going to start begging some people at PAX this year. But I think there's another game that comes out right before it. Well, Taken King's out, so we'll be able to play that. I mean, it's an Extra Life tradition now, right? Whenever we do a marathon, we have to do a Destiny thing. Do we? Because well, it's you happened don't, you once. Don't have the PS4 version. It happened once, so now we have to do it every time. No, because I did it for the mini marathon too. Oh well. Now it's been done twice. Uh, yeah. Half twice. One well, and a half times. Have you ever played the PS3 version yet? Uh, no. Jesus Christ! I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play. Actually, Josh, I would say don't even don't don't do it. Don't don't get into this into this uh, the, the, this just web of lies. I would like to, but I haven't had the time. Well, all right. It's we'll have to talk about that for a If you want to do it or not, we'll have to see if because we can get you leveled up pretty quick. We literally can get you leveled up. Well, extra life would probably be the best time because then I have nothing but time. <laughs> I've got 24 hours to play Well, pretty much anything at that point. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, either we can maybe wait till extra life and run you through the story. But I mean, by that time, it's so long. Like I would because you have the PS3 version, right? You never got the PS4 one. 
Or did we get you the PS4 one? I finally? think you got me the PS4 one at some point. See, I'm honestly, I think, there was I think an extra that we should set. Around. I think we should set like a few a few hours aside for a week, like maybe two hours a night or something for like three nights or two nights, Which and I get you through have. the story. Well, <laughs> we should figure something out and get you at least through the story, because <clears throat> I could even. I could even do what I never said I would do or what I said I'd never do. And that is maybe I start a new character and you and I go through the story together <clears throat> or something like that. And we get a third person to play with us, you know, get Dave to play with us or something and get you through the story at least so that you're kind of ready for extra life. And maybe we do a raid or we do whatever, you know, cause then you're leveled up and, and you're on that same level with all of us. Mm hmm. Because we can. We, we actually can get you leveled up pretty quickly. Like, we've... Dave's put together quite the, uh, quite the curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a... I, maybe Dave... Well, we'll have... Maybe I'll have Dave uh, chime in on this, too, on the forums or something for the podcast this week. But, uh, you know, Dave, is it a better idea to maybe get him through this stuff before Taken King comes out? Or do we wait until Taken King comes out? And I don't know. I mean, he doesn't get that special uh, hat... I guess. I don't know. But who cares? I would like a hat. But I mean, the thing is, I mean, you, you, you really like the Borderlands games. And honestly, I think the gameplay in Destiny is way better than Borderlands. It really well, is. I, I played the beta of it, and I played <clears throat> it at E3 years ago, and yeah. I liked it. I just yeah. I haven't had the time to, to sure, play no, it. No, I understand it. The thing that this doesn't have that Borderlands has, story. <laughs> Narrative. <laughs> it's so convoluted that you're like, what? But it, like I said, it yeah, I don't know. We should talk about it, though, seriously. Like, I, I think we could really, like, even if we do one night a week, like, do a Tuesday night or something. And I think we can get you up to speed pretty quickly. Because we've done it with other people. Mm. Yeah, I think we should. We could stream it. It could be a whole event. Watch Josh play Destiny. Maybe we have somebody throw in, like, a hundred bucks to Extra Life to be the third person. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about it. All right. Yeah. I literally have not played this game in three weeks, though. <laughs> but this week I barely played anything. So, hey. All right. Last news item. And, and this leaked out. But we didn't want to post anything until we had the actual news. So that's why we were a little bit later posting it than anybody else. But, um, yeah. Mighty number no. nine, <clears throat> which is the spiritual successor to Mega Man, uh, to the Mega Man series. Indeed. Uh, it has been delayed, officially delayed. Indeed. Uh, the, they still don't have a final release date. They are aiming for first quarter of 2016. Right. And that's all they're saying, basically. Yeah. Um, and like I said, a few sites... Let it. They posted about it ahead of time because I think Amazon had, had changed the date. But I've grown to never trust when websites change the date because either it's a placeholder thing or somebody screws up or whatever. And I asked the PR person about it, and, and they wouldn't say anything about it. But they said, you know, talk to me on this day. Maybe we'll have some new news on that day. So I kind of knew something was going to happen. I didn't know what, but you know, we tried to plan for it, and sure enough, it was announced. So, and the funny thing is, you know, this is the spiritual successor to Mega Man because it's the original game director and everything. So then I get a, an appointment uh, request for packs for this game. I think it's called like Twenty XX, and they call themselves the spiritual successor to Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. 
<laughs> and what does Capcom have to say about all this? That's what I'm... Well, I mean, obviously they're not calling it Mega Man. So? But I... If it looks and plays exactly like it... Yeah. Can't you sue them for copyright infringement anyway? I think as long point? as it looks different enough. I don't know. But the thing is, as far as I can tell, nobody on this team for this 20XX game uh, are have ever been involved in the series. I don't know for sure. Uh, but it's funny because the email actually even said, Hi, Glenn, you've probably seen the news about the recent Mighty Number no. 9 delay. Well, never fear. Mega Man fans will still be able to get their fix with 20XX. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to be seeing that at PAX, too, which is funny because I don't like that. It's like us and our head bouncer 2000. <laughs> By the way, we got to start making that. Are you working on that yet? Have you started the coding? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, are we making that the title this week? Sure. All right, there we go. What is it? Head bouncer 2000? I think that's what it was. Yeah, I think so. All right, done. Tweet it. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's take a break. Uh, we got some some things to talk about after the break, what we're playing and watching. My impressions of the Logitech G29 racing wheel for the PS4, PS3, and PC. And then Josh has got a couple of reviews. Hell on Wheel Season 4 on Blu-ray. Uh, Legend of K Anniversary Edition on PS4. And uh, we'll do the Extra Life raffle thing and uh, emails. And we'll get out of here. We'll be right back. Start what we're playing and watching with Josh since he's got two reviews after this. So, Josh, did you play anything? Um, well, Disney Infinity and <laughs> my God, man, Sonic on the Vita. I remember like back either before your son was born or like around the time he was born. How you? It wasn't even on the podcast. He's like one in this tirade about about Disney. I just don't like Disney. I just don't like. I him. don't. <laughs> The things you do for your kid, right, Josh? Well, I, or is I it? I mean, you honestly, you obviously like the game. Uh, yeah, I'll and say. I, when I say I don't like Disney, I don't like like Mickey Mouse and Goofy right. and them. Because I, now I, they have all the cool stuff like Marvel and Star Marvel. Wars. Marvel, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, different. And Pixar and yeah, and it the game sense. itself is fun. It makes sense. I just like giving you shit. But uh, like Pixar, they have they've got all that stuff. So all the characters that we have are like Anna and Elsa, and you know Pixar and Marvel stuff. We don't right. really have like Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck or any of those. Right. Um. But I have caught him watching Disney XD, like Disney Channel, and seeing Mickey Mouse shows and dun, stuff. Dun, dun. You know what you, need? <laughs> you know what you need to show him, and I don't. It's it's weird. So I was hanging out with my friends this weekend, and uh, her, my friend Aaron's son, Jacob, was watching 
TV with me a little bit before our other friends showed up. <clears throat> and we ended up watching just a couple random episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars. That's on Disney, made for mm-hmm. kids. And it was really good. I mean, I, I only watched a couple episodes, but it was the stuff Wait. we were watching was really, really good. Which one? Uh, the Clone Wars. That, the one that went off the air already. Yeah, it's done now. Yeah. We were watching it on, like, Netflix. Yeah, it's a bit adult. That was the thing. Like, you look at the rating on Netflix and it looks fine, but... And it was really cutesy at times. Like, you could kind of tell, but all of a sudden, like, these droids... These droids go after an escape pod, and they cut it open, and, like, all yeah. the clones get thrown yeah. out into space. I'm like, well, they didn't show them exploding, at least. <laughs> That's one of the first episodes, yeah. Yeah, like, whoa. whoa. Um, so. Yeah, and that's the one I've actually gone back through because I watched, I saw like the first season and a half of that, and then yeah. I just kind of lost track of it in no time. <laughs> um, but for some odd reason, and I don't know if there was ever an explanation for it, there's, the episodes were kind of shown out of order. Okay. Where a couple websites have put together a list of here's the order you should watch the, the, the actual timeline order, like the continuity order that you should watch them. Oh, okay. So it's almost like Godfather two instead of, yeah. Instead of jumping all over the place. Um, and suddenly it makes more sense that way. So that's that's good to know though, because I'm actually, I put it on my Netflix queue and I I really do want to watch it because I enjoyed the stuff I saw. Well, and the weird thing is you start out with like season three, episode four or oh, something shit. ridiculous like that. And then, and then another one in season three and then the movie and then the first couple episodes in the, in the, you know, episode one Oh one and all that. And then you, it, it just jumps around all over the place. So, Oh wow. Okay. Wow. I and I started watching much. it. Yeah. And I started watching it like that and it's interesting. It, it actually, <laughs> makes a little bit more sense in the way it plays out um, just because of the way the storylines they did and the way they did them. So, well, it was funny. We must've been watching it from the beginning then, but it didn't seem like it. It just seemed like it just jumped in. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the weird thing about it. Like it just jumped right into the story with Yoda on that planet and the dude, and you don't really know what's going on. There's an episode later, like in season three, where it all leads right up to that episode. Wow. Where all the shit goes on right before it. So Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it all ended up like that, but that's what happened with that show. So they must have put an intern on it, but he was the dumb intern. Apparently. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's it's a good show though. I yeah I I grew to like it very quickly. Uh, although it, I keep hearing really good things about Rebels too. So and Rebels that. is great, yeah. And the thing is, they're both canon, so you have right. to watch them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you must. Yeah. Well, it's funny. We're all we're all gearing up for you know the new movie in in December, and we were talking about it quite a bit. And my friend Aaron's actually a bigger Star Trek fan, even though she really wants to see these new Star Wars. Uh, we were telling her son, like, yeah, you want to go see the new movie with us? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, no, you want to watch Star Wars with mom. And he's like, uh. I'm like, no, no, Star Wars, Star Wars. We started this big nerd fight with her, like, three-year-old son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how my Sunday went. Mm-hmm. And then I grilled a bunch of food for a bunch of people. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. So, 
Yeah. So I ran into a weird thing actually. Um, in Disney Infinity. Yeah. Well, with both of them, with okay. the PlayStation TV, essentially. Oh, okay. Um. So this is the one. This is my main PlayStation TV that's got everything on it, and this sure. is the one I take with me whenever I go to Brooklyn. Sure. Um. And why don't you just why don't you just keep it there and buy another one for thirty bucks and just take the memory card? Because oh, the activation thing. That's right. The activation yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I it. yeah. <laughs> um. So. Her dad acquired somewhere somehow. I don't know where he gets these things. <laughs> Did he but roll somebody? <laughs> he he just randomly comes home with these things. Like he comes home with a bike, but they're usually old and like rusty bikes. And he's like, ah, I can fix it. Um, but he came home with that Vizio TV that he said he got from somebody. Oh boy. And then he came home with a Sony Bravia flat screen, big HD TV. <laughs> That he said was from his brother or something like that. I don't know. What? Um, but yeah, so he's... because Is, is his brother Kaz Harai and we just don't know this yet? No, well, you know why he got this one? This is the funny thing. He has all his shows that he likes to watch and all his DVDs he likes to watch. Okay. But Mason, since we got the, the Chromecast, we've been casting all the Netflix and Disney and uh, Nick stuff onto the TV downstairs. Okay. And Mason has taken over the TV downstairs. And her dad's like, I, I can't have this. <laughs> I need to watch my stuff. <laughs> I need so, to watch my stories. So this other TV is now upstairs, right where Mason likes to play and everything. And it's it's nicer. It's you know more well lit and everything. And he's like, here, Mason can do his thing up here. <laughs> nice. And I can, I can have my thing downstairs. Wow. So... I had to hook that TV up this past weekend, so I hooked the, everything up. It's not hooked into cable or anything, and they don't have any of that. So sure. it's it's got a, a DVD player, a region-free DVD player on it, um, uh, Google Chrome. <laughs> that they probably got in Chinatown for like five bucks. Nah, this this is a really old one. It's uh, It's... Like it's the size of an old VCR and it has a V, you know, it's one of the VHS and DVD combined. Oh, one of those so ones. Either side works very well. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Um, so it's that Google Chrome and I hooked up the, the PlayStation TV. Nice. So we're sitting there and we're playing it and I was having all kinds of problems with the connectivity of the base and the controller. Okay. And I was like, well, this is really weird. I was like, maybe it's just the Disney thing. I don't know what's going on here. And, you know, Mason's trying to guide me along and I'm like, I can't, I can't do anything. Like at one point it just, I lost control completely and the character was just walking in a circle. And I'm like, well, I, I can't do this. We have to play something else. Wait, did the controller connect to the TV? Mm, Not that I'm aware of. Oh, okay. Um, it's an older TV. I don't think it would even have that. Well, it, you're using DualShock 3 probably, aren't you? Four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, you'd be surprised that Bravia might have some kind yeah, of... I'll look into it. I, I had looked into the menu to see what I could do with the TV just to make sure everything was set up right anyway. Or it might have some kind of and weird old HDMI control because you're using all Sony products, you know? Uh, maybe. You never know. I, I mean, even if it's an older one, it might have something weird. 
Well, something weird was definitely going on because then I put in Sonic and I was having trouble controlling that. And then I realized that I just like the input was laggy and then I lost input entirely. And then it was laggy and then I lost it. And it was, I was like, I can't do this. I can't, I'm, I'm just it might have driving just, straight it into might have walls. Just gotten out of sync too. That happens occasionally. Something was really messed up there, not, but I haven't had lot, that happen. I've, I've seen it happen. Yeah. And that's the thing. I haven't had anything Weird. like this happen. I was just thrown off. So I've seen things like that where, like, I'm in the bedroom and, or no, I'm I'm here at the desk in the basement and I'm having all kinds of connectivity things because the phone is interfering with the wireless keyboard sure. and, you know, I, so I'm, I was sitting there and I'm thinking, well, is my phone interfering with this somehow or the iPad interfering? So I'm trying to move things away. And get things out of the area, so it's just the controller and the <laughs> and the PlayStation. In airplane mode. Yeah, and that was the thing. I I just couldn't figure out why I was losing connectivity or why it just seemed to be laggy for some reason. So, sure. Uh, we stopped that, and we ended up doing something else. Um, hmm. But uh, I was a little frustrated with that. So uh, I played. Actually, I played a bunch of Legend of K Anniversary because I wanted to get deeper into it and get the review done. Sure. Sure. What you posted, um, what today? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I did that and I'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. Um, but that was <laughs> just about all I played. <laughs> um, I've been reading uh, the time machine. Did it. The time um, machine did it. I've never heard of that one. Yeah. It's um, uh, John Schwartzwelder. Uh, Simpsons writer, the crazy Simpsons writer. Okay. Uh, he's the one that like every time you, they, they do interviews with the writers and they do this and that, like you see all these writers and they're always out there. He is never seen anywhere. Like the guy and he's the one. They won't let him be seen in public. He just doesn't want to be. He's just, he's, he's an odd guy, but he's the one that writes, he's written some of the funniest episodes that they've ever done. And he's responsible for some of the best jokes. All if you need like an old timey eighteen sixties joke for Mister Burns, you go to him, and he's got it right off the top of his head. Uh, he's my that kind of guy. Numbers, not 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 yeah. not 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 two. Yeah, and that would be him. <laughs> Damn that! Damn Roosevelt. It? <laughs> yeah, was it Roosevelt? I thought it was like yeah. Woodrow Wilson or something. No, it was Roosevelt because Roosevelt started the Social Security <laughs> right. Administration. Yeah, it's like damn Roosevelt. Damn that Roosevelt. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's the one that creates any old timey thing he can do. Any nice. Abe Simpson thing going on where he's talking about the past. It's it's always Schwartzwelder. Yeah. Okay. Um, Wearing an onion around your belt because that was the style at the time. Yeah. He's he's got he's just a crazy guy and he he has a series of books. They're all really short books and I have almost all of them like physical. Okay. Uh and I found out they had um Kindle versions of them. Ah, oh, nice. So I grabbed the time machine did it a long time ago and it's just been sitting there and I read through all those other books and I was like I need something else. I need Oh yeah, look at that. I have this. I forgot I had this. So I started reading through that. It's nice. it's typical Schwartzwelder. <clears throat> it's completely absurd and over the top and ridiculous and yeah. So huh, it's good. Yeah. 
Um, but I think that's it. Well, and I obviously I watched all of Hell on Wheels at some point over the past couple of weeks. Binge watched the whole thing, and Oof. I watched a couple episodes. Well, I'll talk a little bit about that um, Rookie Blue. Um, <laughs> and what was the season five? Season five, part oh, one. God, it's not even all of season five. So there's the, there's enough demand that they have to bring out part one of season five because they just can't wait for the whole season to be over. This is what a lot of studios have been doing. I know, which is really freaking annoying. It's annoying because, and frustrating, and quite frankly, it's just stupid. Yeah, essentially, they're making you pay for it twice. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then you end up having double the things on your shelf. You well, know? that's what HBO did with the second or the last season of The Sopranos, though. Yeah, assholes. Yep. So, um, it's cops in Toronto, rookie cops mostly. <laughs> All I can think about is the kids in the hall. Yeah, cops in Toronto. Um. Well, see, the weird thing is, like, it's season five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, they and, can't be rookies anymore. It's season five. Well, the most of them are not rookies, but then they bring a rookie in right early in the season. Um, I'm not going to get too deep into it because okay. I'll talk about it next week. I think it comes out next week and I'll okay. review it then. Right. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I was completely thrown off. Like the first episode I didn't like because obviously I didn't know what the hell was going on. It's picking up from a cliffhanger from season four. So, and they say previously on, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then we jump in and I'm like, but I, I don't know who these people are. I don't know what the relationships are between, cause it's almost like a, like a, like an NYPD blue where you've got 12 or 15 characters and you're trying to figure out who's who and yeah. why they're relating to each other the way they are and why this one hates that one and who's having an affair with who. And I'm like, I'm fucking lost. <laughs> Just like, what the hell? <laughs> Plus, there's all this crazy drama going on because of the big cliffhanger that happened at the end of season four. And you're, and, fi- you're trying to find out when Rob Lowe is going to show up and save the series. And uh, I was no Rick Schroeder and Rick Schroeder, yes, NYPD <laughs> Blue, of course. <laughs> Which is probably the last cop show I watched. Don't call um, me Ricky. Uh, by the second and third episodes, I started to get into it, and actually, I like those better. Oh, um, cool. Okay, so. Yeah, it's it surprisingly has kind of grabbed me a little bit. That by this fifth season, you wouldn't have to do any establishing anything. You know what I mean? You would think, but if somebody walking into the show not knowing anything, it's not easy to really. But you're not supposed to do it that way. You're doing it wrong, Josh. Well, of course. Yeah. Because I I got a copy for review what am i gonna do <laughs> i'm not gonna go watch four seasons of this well, thing. that's when you should email me like can i get the first four seasons so i know what the hell's going on is i mean is it on netflix or anything I've it probably it. is um but i'm not i just don't have the time to go watch four seasons of this and then a fifth <laughs> or a half of a fifth yeah um the interesting thing was though like the main character in it i'm i'm watching this and i'm like i know this person she looks really familiar, and I can't figure out why. Um, and I can't remember her name right now, so I'm looking it up very quick. <laughs> uh, uh, Rookie Blue is not available to stream on Netflix. It's only on DVD. Okay. So I, I'm looking at this uh, main character, and I'm like, I, I know this person. I don't know why I know her. 
and I, I, I know the name even, Missy Peregrim. And I'm like, oh, she was in uh, that show that um, uh, Kevin Smith directed the first episode of this show. Um, and he was like his dad or something. He he ended up having to do like jobs for the devil. And the devil was way Ray Wise. And she was the girl in that. Well, she was in the thing that I remembered her from. Yeah. Was Backcountry, that movie about the bear that I talked about a couple months ago. And you know what? Isn't her dad a cop in the show? Like a uh, retired cop? In what show? In the show you're talking about. Rookie Blue. I've fucking seen this show. Her dad? Yeah, her dad is a retired cop and he's an alcoholic. Okay. I've seen an ep- at least one episode of the show now that you've brought up Missy Peregrine. I'm like, holy shit, I know what this is. Well, but he he's not in the fifth season, not that I've seen so far. Okay, well, but I have, I think I've seen this okay. one. Uh, um, it is streamable on Amazon. Let me see if it's Prime. It is not Prime. Well, I'm, oh, so you have to pay for it. Yeah. Oh, yes, I have seen this, at least one episode of the show. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I like Missy Peregrim. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah. But she was in that that crazy <clears throat> couple goes off and gets lost in the woods and stumbles into bear territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, and there was another guy in there who was only in there for the first episode and then he got kicked out, apparently. Um, <laughs> but he was... He was... Um, he was in the book of Negroes, actually. <laughs> Holy shit. Which I was like, oh my gosh, I oh know my... that guy. Dude, she's married to Zachary Levi. Is she really? Filed for divorce, though. Me and Mark met him when we went to our first E3. Mark's buddy, we call him Rockstar Bob, is in a band out in Hollywood. Like he's this. He was on an episode of, uh, I think it was How I Met Your Mother or Big Bang Theory. And we met up with him up kind of underneath the Hollywood sign mm-hmm. in Hollywood there and uh, went to breakfast at this place. And there were like all these actors sitting around <laughs> and there's Zachary Levi and Rockstar Bob knows him. So he just walks over and starts talking to him and we get to meet him. Hmm. <laughs> Nicest guy in the world. Wow. Interesting. And she That's was in a bad. relationship with Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback and two-time Super Bowl champion Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, God. Oh, no. Ugh. Rapelessburger? <laughs> Rapelessburger? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, back to Rookie Blue. Sorry about that. I have seen an episode of the show. Okay. Okay. So that well, shows how memorable it was now. to me. Yeah. <laughs> that it, it took hearing Missy Peregrim to, to remember it. And I've seen a couple, but she's like the main, <clears throat> the the main focus of the show. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So and there's a, a bunch of characters on it. And the um, show I was thinking about before, Reaper. Hmm. Kevin Smith uh, uh, directed the pilot. It was two women that ran the show, and he they asked him to direct the pilot. It was the first TV thing he ever did, apparently. So, hmm. sorry. I just had to bring that up. All right. All right, then. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm only a couple episodes into the first half of season five. <laughs> Next um, time on Rookie Blue. Oh, wait, I can't watch that. But it's... It's uh, in the second half. It's better than I thought it would be so far. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't expect a whole lot from it. And I was just like, uh, cop drama. I, you know, 
I I enjoy cop dramas every now and then, but I'm not really like I get that's my thing. I got to watch them. I I saw Hill Street Blues when I was young, right? Which I was probably way too young to be watching that. But I was, I was. Chips because that was amazing. Well, I saw Chips when I was young, but. <laughs> I saw that. I saw Hill Street Blues, and I really loved NYPD Blue for the first couple seasons. Well, for the first season, and then Douchebag had to go be a movie star, which, boy, that worked out real well. Oh, he was in the worst movie ever, too, with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah. I always bring that up. Uh, Jade what's, what's something. The, no, it wasn't Jade. It was, uh, fuck. Because... Uh, the two of them were like back to back. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jade was the first one, yeah, and then he it was supposed to be this big one with Nicolas Cage, and I, I'll never forget, like... Because he's out of prison, but he's like an informant because he's an ex-cop. And yeah. uh, Nicolas Cage is like, I think, the nephew of a uh, big mob boss or something. So he they get him in there to be friendly with him. And of course, Samuel L. Jackson's in it because, you know, have you ever seen any movie? He's the black guy. And um, there was this whole thing about how Nicolas Cage's character uh, never liked to have... Kiss of Death. Kiss of Death. That was it. Yeah. Uh, he never liked to have metal in his mouth. So he, any utensils yeah. he used had to be plastic. He's like, what's the matter, Junior? Don't you like metal in your mouth? Yeah. And then, of course, he goes to do CSI Miami. Well, the two of those were back-to-back, Kiss of Death and Jade. Oh, and I saw both so of bad. them in the theaters, and they were both horrible. Oh, you saw them in theaters? Yeah. Oh. That was the best thing, like the first season of South Park. Or the first episode, when the aliens uh, uh, try to take Kyle's little brother. He's like, uh, do your impression of oh, what the guy? What's that guy's name? David Caruso's David Caruso, career. Do your impression yeah. of David Caruso's career, and he jumps out of the uh, jumps out of the spaceship and hits the snow. Yeah, <laughs> that's unbelievable that he did that. But yeah, oh, and yeah. but but the funny thing is, I realized after that, like I loved him in NYPD Blue, and the first thing I saw him in was uh, First Blood. Okay. Yeah, he was one of the deputies, yeah. Yeah, he was one of the douchebag deputies yeah. at the beginning of that movie. Um, Come on, Brian Dennehy. So I saw him in that, and then he's in NYPD Blue, and I thought he was amazing in that. But then everything else he's been in, you realize the guy has zero range. He plays the same character yeah, in every single thing he does. Yeah, he's just the super intense dude with the gravelly voice. That- yeah. Yeah, but he's always he's like Pepe Le Pew. He's always calm and collected. He he never gets excitable. Yeah, yeah. So until that's his, all he does until his but, wa- until his new wife got shot in CSI Miami. Spoiler. Uh, then he was mad. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's all I'll say about it. Now that okay. we've talked about it for a half hour. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but it, it is kind of funny that it literally took. You saying her name for me to remember, like, oh, my God, I've seen an episode of this. <laughs> I don't remember how or why. Maybe it was just on when I had cable, but, yeah, I've, I've seen it. Yeah, and that's, that's the crazy funny. thing. It's just – it's a show. I, I <clears throat> believe it's on ABC because I think that's what I saw. In yeah, the... yeah, yeah. Funny. So, yep. And I had never heard of it until it showed up. I was like, what? Oh, oh, I forgot. Yeah, there's another one I have. <clears throat> okay. Um, wait, hang on. Let me reach for it. <laughs> I just remember her from Reaper. She was in Heroes, too. She was on Heroes. Um, I think that's all I know her from. Well, she was in an episode okay. of Smallville, as was every young actress back then. All right, the next one, I, <laughs> the next uh, DVD set I have. What the shit, dude? 
You're turning this into a TV movie podcast more than anything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and this one I haven't watched either. All right. Um, because it just showed up the other day. All right. And I'm a little wary of it, but oh. <laughs> I'm interested to see it anyway, I guess. By the way, if the red-green show ever shows up, I have dibs. The, okay. You never saw the red-green show? No. Oh, my God. It's a show out of Canada, and it was on PBS for years. And it's basically like these two guys up at a, like you know a, an Elks Lodge or whatever, and they talk about uh, you know like how men are supposed to be blah blah blah. But they do these segments about like oh we got to try to fix this thing up, and everything is well you get your roll of duct tape, and they do all this stuff with duct tape, and it's it, it's hilarious. So if we ever get anything for Red Green, I get it. Well, oh, Harold, uh, we gotta go fix the car up, get the duct tape. Well. This comes out September 8th. It is okay, a, a month. three disc collection. Oh boy. It is the Hee Haw collection. Are you shitting me? <laughs> I am not shitting you. <sighs> yeah. It's wasted on you. <laughs> you don't like any of that, that music? Roy Clark? Come on, man. Buck Owens, Roy Clark, oh. Tammy Wynette, Merle Haggard, Conway Twitty, Hank Williams Jr., Loretta Lynn, exclusive interviews, Hee Haw Laughs, special comedy selections, I and more. freaking hate That's the music I grew up with, my stepdad. That's mm. all we ever had in the house. But what baffles me, though, I thought this was like a half-hour show, wasn't it? No, it was an hour. Okay. The three-disc collection features five episodes. Wow, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Out of, like, what, 200 and some, probably? But five episodes across three discs? Must have One, a lot two, of extra three, stuff. Four. Well, I guess if you're doing, like, two hours a disc, that makes sense. Well, the problem is it also got really crappy toward the end. Yeah. It had a 21-year um, run. Well, you got five episodes. <laughs> but that's, this is, yeah, this is time life. Uh, bringing oh, out. man. As yeah, seen on TV, like I'm a big, I'm a big Buck Owens fan. I'm a big, yeah. I'm a big fan of a lot of those. Ray yeah. Clark, man, I've got Ray Clark on my playlist right now. If you could actually review it, maybe we'll do something about that. Um, we'll have to talk about it. Available for the first time, it says. So, <clears throat> we'll talk about it tomorrow. Special features include guest stars and cornfield knee slappers. Well, yeah, that's the best part when they all pop up and do their <laughs> their stupid corny jokes. Oh yeah. Oh my, we that was one of the big things. Like especially when I went to my grandmother's in Red Granite when she lived in Red Granite, I hated going to my grandmother's. But it was always like hee haws coming on, and I could just go escape for an hour. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> whenever I, I saw when, whenever I was flipping through the channels and I saw hee haw, I would escape as quick as I could to another channel. Oh, <laughs> dude, that show was great. Uh, not if you lived in the Northeast. No, it no, wasn't. No, but, but the northern part of the Midwest was okay. Uh-huh. That show was great. Well, yeah, you may have banging to send my that mic. to me. You may have to send that to me. I'll yeah, make time for it. We'll see. It's only five episodes. Yeah, you should be able to do it. We'll see. Yeah, we'll have to do something. All right. Yeah, dude, I'm serious. I'm a big fan of he uh, At least I used to be. I was actually just listening to Roy Clark today. Yesterday came on. Yeah. I have to physically open this. I didn't even open it. <laughs> no! If you're going to send it to me, you can't open it. It's too late. It's open. You son well, of a bitch. almost. 
Got to see what's what it looks like. I I I do want to see it. I mean, video quality's got to be shit. Well, I'm interested in that. I'm interested in the video quality. I'm actually interested in the songs because while I was never into any of that growing up, yeah. I've broadened my horizon since. I mean, but I, I mean, do... this had. I mean, this was re- the show was really born from the Grand Old Opry. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. There were so many Grand Old Opry stars on there, like Ray Cuff and you know Junior Samples and Grandpa Jones and uh, Minnie Pearl. I mean, it, it was. That was it. And and the thing is, like, I didn't live in that area, so we didn't have the Opry on, on radio every year or every day, uh, Sunday. But, my God, I mean, it that that was the music that my stepdad listened to, and we had it on a lot. So, for me, it was just, I love the show. And there was some great comedy on it. It wasn't just cheesy stuff. There was some really good writing on there. Well, they're spread all over the place here. It is episode 13... 15, 56, 99, and 19. Wow. So it's 1969, gonna... 70, 73. Wow. That's still pretty early stuff. So, yeah, it's... Merle Haggard, Buck Owens, oh Loretta Lynn. Uh, who else <clears throat> is here? Hank Williams Jr., Dottie West, Roy Clark... Oh, Hank Jr. Oh, wow. Donna Fargo, Tommy Cash. Yeah, it's Grandpa Jones. <laughs> Holy uh, shit. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on here. Yeah, I may have to take that from you. If you review it. I'll review it. I'll listen to you. What? I know, Dean Martin. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, you may have to send that to me. You're going to send that to me. We'll see. Yes, I'll review it. All right, Mr. Review Man. No, because if nothing else, I'll just rip it and watch it on the way out to PAX. You know, and and have it all ready to go. So, if worse comes to worse. Yep, I'm in. There we go. Yep, done deal. Mr. Hee Haw. I'm serious. I, I loved that show when I was a kid. So, all right. Anything else? No. All right. My list is really short. Uh, so obviously a lot more rocket league. That's pretty much just dominates my free time. Uh, I'm watching rock play right now. Actually, it's, it's pretty pathetic. It's not good. Not good at all. Uh, but we're having a blast with it. Uh, the next patch should be up pretty soon. Uh, all we know about the new patch so far is, they're just adding the content for the new arena and then, you know, all the new DLC, that sort of thing. And some bug fixes, but no details on the bug fixes yet. Um, and then played a ton of project cars. Uh, so <laughs> I clamped the, uh, the old G 29 to rocks dining room table. So at least something happens on that table. Um, and played with that for about three hours last Tuesday. Uh, and I streamed the whole thing. I wanted to show people like how it works and everything else. And, and obviously, I'm, I'm comparing a lot to the uh, Thrustmaster T300 since they're both roughly the same price out of the box. They're you know 400 bucks out of the box. <clears throat> uh, I'm actually more impressed with it than I thought it would be uh, from my limited time with it at E3. I thought it was going to be louder, and it's not. I'm not getting any clunking like I thought it would get. I actually saw. I was I was watching a couple of the other like really in depth uh, review video channels like YouTube channels because they're looking for stuff that I would never look for you know oh yeah well the uh, camber on this wheel is two degrees off that kind of shit um, 
And one of the guys put a microphone next to the wheel, and it, it just sounded like it was clunking all the time. And I'm like, wow, I didn't think it would do this. I didn't have that problem. So I don't know what was going on with his, if he had something screwed up, or if I, I just don't know. Uh, but very quiet, like the T300. Uh, they're actually very similar out of the box uh, in terms of how they feel, that sort of thing. But the big difference is right now is obviously with the Logitech, you get two things you don't get with the T300, and that is... You get a leather-wrapped wheel right away instead of the rubber wheel that you get with the Thrustmaster. You can buy a leather wheel for it separately, obviously. But you get a leather-wrapped wheel with the G29 out of the box. <clears throat> and it feels great. It really does. It, it feels great. It feels better than the T300 uh, standard wheel. And the other thing is you get three pedals right away. So you get the clutch pedal, the brake, and the accelerator instead of the two pedals like the T300. And that brake pedal I talked about so much. So it's it's it, it completely different than what the Logitech G27 pedals offered, even though they look exactly the same. The brake pedal is made to feel more like kind of that hydraulic feedback uh, where you really have to mash on that brake pedal to, to actually lock up the wheels instead of just having kind of that linear or, or linear uh, uh, feel to it like a lot of the other brake pedals do. Uh, so, I mean, you can get better pedals for the Thrustmaster. They were going to send them. They never did. I'll solve the email them and maybe see if I can do a comparison at some point. Uh, you can also adjust the pedals. You just need a little screwdriver, and you can uh, adjust the pedals' height and, and placement like on Thrustmaster. But honestly, right now, I mean, first blush, <clears throat> I would say, unless you want to do a lot of, like, upgrades, customization, or not really customization, but just upgrades, uh, I'm actually going to say the Logitech's probably a better deal out of the box at 400 bucks Because, you know, the, the Thrustmaster, you have to buy the better pedal separately for 100 bucks. Uh, the, the leather wheel, I think is 80 to a hundred bucks. And, uh, if you want to buy a shifter, which that was the one thing, like the Logitech G27 came with a shifter out of the box <clears> for 400 bucks. This is 400, but you have to buy the set, the shifter separately. And it's 60. Now it's not as, as fancy as the one for Thrustmaster, but it works. I used it. It works pretty well. Uh, the difference is the G27, the wheel only had six buttons on it at the time. And they actually had the D pad and all the other, other buttons on the shifter itself. And I think that's why I came out of the box. The G29, they have all of the buttons and everything right on the wheel. So that's where the big difference is. But still, I mean, you're getting a little bit less of a value if you compare it to the G27, even though a lot of the insides on this thing are the G27. The two major differences are that it, there's a new encoder inside that's supposed to handle a lot of the, the more finite stuff a lot better. And also the the sensors inside of it, instead of being optical in the G27, are now magnetic in the G29, so they're supposed to be a lot more accurate and also supposed to feel a lot better, uh, just make the feel better. So I did notice it. Like, you know, one thing with the Thrustmaster is it's a gear, it's a, it's a belt-driven system, and it was very, very smooth. And the one thing I was very fearful of the G29 was that it's a geared system, and I thought it was going to be a lot more rigid, and I, I honestly just expected kind of a stiffer feel to it. And it feels great. It feels very similar to the T300. Uh, I, I thought it was really good. The The weird thing is, <clears throat> even when I had the dead zone for the steering itself set to zero in Project Cars, there's still kind of a little weird, maybe like three degree dead zone in the hardware itself. So there was still some play, like you almost had to tighten things up on your, on your, uh, your actual car or something in real life. So... What I haven't done yet is the, the Logitech comes with, uh, or it allows you to plug it into the PC and, and, you know, upgrade the firmware, I believe. And you can, there's software that you can make some changes. So I haven't done that yet. I'm going to do that this week. 
and see if there's something something I can do with the dead zone within the hardware itself, and also see if maybe if there's a new firmware or something. Uh, but it works with, uh, you know, like I said, PC, PS3, PS4. I don't have a PS3 here, so I'm going to take it home with me next week, or this weekend, and play some Gran Turismo with it and everything. Uh, the one thing, though, is <clears throat> uh, when you plug it into the PS3, it shows up as a, as a Driving Force Pro. It doesn't show up as a G27 like you would expect. And I think the reason is, is because it doesn't come with a shifter. Thing is, though, if you plug the shifter into it, it does not show up in Gran Turismo or anything. So it actually literally shows up as a, as a Driving Force Pro. So, and, and the layout is actually very similar to that, that wheel instead of the G27. So PS3-wise, you're not getting as good a wheel as the G27. So if you still want to play a lot of Gran Turismo, that sort of thing, you might want to hang on to your old wheel for a while until... Uh, things move over to PS4 exclusively. So that's the thing. The, the Thrustmaster, if you want to use the shifter for the Thrustmaster, that costs 150 bucks. It'll work on PS3, but you have to plug it in separately to the PS3. So you plug it in as a USB device, and Gran Turismo picks it up and, and lets you use it. Uh, Grid 2 let me use the shifter. There were a couple other games, but it was kind of wonky. So yeah, it's it's it, this is going to be a weird review just because... There's so many things to compare, and, and, you know, there's legacy devices you have to worry about and that sort of thing, and it's just, it's odd. But out of the box, I really, right now, I actually do, and, and I'm, I've changed my mind. Uh, E3 time, I, I thought the T300 was probably still the best one to get. Um, but this time around, I'm seriously thinking that, uh, that that Logitech G29 is actually a little bit better of a value out of the box. So, hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to start working on the review this week and hopefully get that posted or up to passed over to you by the end of the week, hopefully. Actually, it'll be the end of the weekend because I still have to try the PS3 on it. Yeah. yeah. There you go. On to your reviews, mister. Okay. Uh, first review for Hell on Wheels Complete Force Season Blu-ray. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to... I'll, I'll try to be non-spoilery about what happens in season four, but I am going to have to spoil a little bit about what happened in previous seasons because it won't make much sense. So you've been warned. Previously on <laughs> Hell on Wheels. Yeah. So Hell on Wheels, it's loosely based on the building of the Union Pacific Railroad, um, which happened after the Civil War. Uh some of the characters are real. Um, the situations they're in are not necessarily real. <laughs> it's one of those historical drama type things. It's not necessarily a documentary, not necessarily based on real events. Yeah. It's, it's loosely based on real events is the best way to put it. Um, the main character, the, the, the guy that you see on all the box covers and everything, the the one that you're really rooting for, Cullen Bohannon, didn't exist. He's completely fictional. <laughs> so, um, but the his main nemesis in the show that he's that he's always butting heads with, the guy who's actually doing the railroad, Thomas Durant, was a real person who was actually in charge of the Union Pacific Railroad. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of his backstory comes into play with the character in the show, but not necessarily. It's they do a lot of stuff to create drama and stuff like that, you know? Okay. Uh, Thomas Duran is played by Cole Meany, who was, uh, O'Brien in star Trek. That's how everybody knows him. 
Um, I remember him from Con Air. Oh shit, that's right. He was in Con With the Air. Corvette. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh, well, and of course Star Trek. I'm yeah, he's joking. been in a lot of stuff, but that's whenever anybody sees him, it's always like, hey, it's O'Brien. It's Chief you know? O'Brien. Hey, yeah. Because he was in, he he carried that character from Next Generation right through Deep Space Nine. Yep, yep. Um, so, and he does a great job in it. He he really plays that character well. Uh, so at the end of the last season, here's where we get a little spoilery. Um, cover your ears, kids. Bohannon. All right, there's the Swede who I had talked about before, which is Christopher Heyerdahl. And you made me read that email like I was from Norway. Yes. Poorly. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's from Norway, but they call him the Swede and everything. And and the actor is awesome. He's amazing. Uh, he's one of my favorite actors. Like in the first couple seasons, he was um, Thomas Durant's henchman, basically. Okay. Um, and... He had black hair, and it was always, like, pasted down on his head. Pretty short, but, you know, slicked well, that, down. That's because they used petroleum oil back then to, to yeah. do their hair with. So it was really, <laughs> you know, he he looked really odd. Um, well, he's playing Thomas Durant for a fool because he's also working with outside forces and trying to bring the whole thing thing to the ground and at one point he starts he arms the indians the native americans around the area and he's he's doing all this stuff well he gets caught and bohannon goes to kill him okay and he's gonna hang him off this bridge that they built uh during the last season and he gets the noose around his neck and he's getting ready to get him and the guy just goes bye and jumps off the bridge and he's like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) and he hits the water face down and he just floats away face down and he's like i oh i so he doesn't know he figures he's dead it's almost like renum in uh the it crowd season two he just jumps out the window yeah it was (laughs) it was crazy it was completely psychotic wow okay well Season four starts and oh, well, actually this is all at the end of season three, I guess I, I I've got my seasons all mixed up at this point. Sure. Um, he comes back all of a sudden and his hair is really long. Like it's all big and, and wild and white at this point. And he's got a big beard that he's grown and he meets up with this family of Mormons on their way to Fort Smith. <laughs> yeah so All he's right. sitting there with the mormons and he's talking with them and he's he's you know thank you for finding me my wife and and child were killed by indians and oh what am i going to do and he plays the whole thing out sure. and eventually he kills them <laughs> and they're mormons <laughs> yeah um that's what people thought back then that's why they ran out of all the cities so but but the point is that the the mormon the guy is Bishop Dutson, and he's headed to Fort Smith to become the bishop there. Okay. So he sits there with him, and he he learns his he learns the Mormon way. You know, he learns all this stuff, and then decides, well, I'm going to be Bishop Dutson. So he kills the guy, oh, kills his wife, the little kid. Yeah. It sounds like that show uh, that you guys watch in Cinemax. That uh, oh, not Succubus. What the hell is that show called? Mm-hmm. Rock. What's that show called? You like so much? 
where the guy gets out of prison and he takes over as the cop. He like killed the, the cop. Oh, guy, he? yeah. Banshee. Yeah. Banshee. Yeah. Um, well, it is kind of. Um, the kid By the gets way, away. You're finally on the on the podcast. Yes, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so the kid gets away, and he actually goes to the fort, and he's Bishop Dutson, as far as they know, because okay. who would know back then? Nobody had ever met him, so they don't know. Um, well, Bohannon ends up there at that fort because he had had an affair with the Mormon girl and got her pregnant, and the father goes and kidnaps him and brings him back to the fort and says, you're going to marry her or we're going to kill you or whatever. They're, they're threatening to kill him. And he's okay. like, I'll marry your daughter and I'll make, cause nobody else will touch her cause she's impure and she was touched by a heathen and whatever. Okay. Um, so he says he'll marry her and they're like, okay, well the Bishop has to do this. Some Bishop walks out and he's like, he's sitting there and he's staring at him. He's got chains on this whole time and he's looking at him. <laughs> And the two of them are looking at each other, and he dives over the table and puts the chains around the guy's neck, and he's trying to strangle him right there. And everybody's freaking out. They're like, he's killing the bishop. (laughs) (laughs) So now he's stuck there trying to tell people that the bishop is a fake. Nobody's believing him. And it's that that's a whole thing at the beginning of the season is that now he's living there. The baby is about to be born and Jeez. and the guy is just working him into the ground. The bishop, the fake bishop is working him into the ground. Okay. And he's telling him, I'm, I'm here for your salvation. And he's completely gone over the edge. Um, so that's a whole storyline going on. Back at the Union Pacific, they're not going anywhere because... Bohannon was actually help. He was the chief engineer on the, on the project and he was pushing them forward the whole time. Well, they've been having all kinds of problems. They're stuck in Cheyenne and they can't make any headway. And the other major real person comes in, John Campbell, who was the first governor of the Wyoming territory. Sure. Uh, and that's played by Jake Weber. Okay. Who you'll know, like you might not know the name, but you know the guy. I thought he was um, part of the Grill Dynasty. He's been in a t- yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff. But the thing I remember him from is Dawn of the Dead. Okay. Uh, he was one of the guys in Dawn of the Dead. He was in U five seven one. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, you'd recognize him if you saw him, and he is awesome nice. in this role. He's fantastic. Um, cause he's got a real gravelly voice and he just doesn't take shit from anybody. He's, you know, he's there, he's bringing law and order to the territory. And of course he's in direct conflict with, um, with Durant, um, because it's all lawless and crazy and that's sure. just the way it's been for so long. And who are you and what do you think you're doing here trying to do all this? And it that is essentially the whole season is just conflict between the provisional governor and the head of the railroad and everybody in town essentially is touched by this conflict in one way or another horribly or not <laughs> okay uh so it sounds so like the real times back then when they were trying to build the railroad yeah yeah so it it gets crazy it gets pretty wild uh 
it's interesting. There's a couple moments in there. There's a couple episodes where I'm just like, oh, come on. Now that's <laughs> a little absurd. Um, but for the most part, it's entertaining. You know, it's definitely entertaining. Uh, it looks fantastic on Blu-ray. It it just looks absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I thought um, the, shot, uh, the show was shot well when I saw it. They filmed mostly in Canada, uh, or almost entirely in Canada, course, from what I understand. Of course, that's where everything's shot nowadays. Um, but the landscapes are gorgeous, and and the sets are are really well done. They they built a a small Cheyenne essentially, uh, a, because it went from tents to buildings. You right, know, a hotel right. was built, and and the the, the and station then the was whores. built. Yes, well, no, the whores were there the whole time. They had their own whore tent. <laughs> Seriously, they, there's a whore tent that's been following them along all this time. So when you get to town, you got to ask for uh, the whore tent. Where do yes. I where do I put my horse, and where's the whore tent? Yeah, so that's been going on all you know all four seasons. Um, it's it's actually an interesting show. You know, you you just you can't go into it expecting um, Deadwood. Well, you can't. Yeah, you can't go in expecting Deadwood. You can't go in expecting historical accuracy. Sure, it's it's history with a broad stroke paintbrush. Well, but, but I mean that, what that's is. what Deadwood was too. Deadwood would sometimes mix up and combine historical events yeah. and characters and stuff. But but yeah. it was a little bit more realistic, and most almost every major character in the show was a real person. Well, except for Wu. Yeah, Wu was the best character in the show. Yeah, he was. Um, <laughs> so but here, in in uh, in Hell on Wheels, there's only a couple of characters that are actual, real, historical characters, right, and right. the rest are all just made up people just yeah. for the drama of it. Um, so it is interesting. Um, it's entertaining. It's fun. Cool. Uh, it's only English. Uh, only English subtitles. Uh, the bonus features, it's a ton of short things, um, but a ton. Oh, like little featurettes. And shit. Yeah, there's like 20 different features and featurettes on there. And for the most part, they're all really, really short. Um, yeah. There is, wait, let's skim through here real quick. Ah, grab my phone. Ugh. Because I put all the times down. Uh, the longest one is like five minutes and 43 seconds. Uh, see, I wouldn't even watch those. Yeah. Because at that point, you're spending half your time just you know, hit play, select the next one, hit yeah. play. It's a little frustrating. The, like They had a look at season four, new characters on the set with, uh, Cheyenne set tour, you know, things like that, which are cool, but they're really short. They're only yeah. a couple minutes long. And then... All the featurettes are little featurettes for each episode. Okay. So um, those are the like five minute ones for the most part. They're all about five minutes and it's just kind of a, you know, in this episode, we're going to be doing this and we get to see why this and I it's, see a, it. I don't need to see that shit. I just want to watch the episode. Well, actually the funny thing is I watched all this after I'd seen the season and for some of it, it actually gave me a little bit more perspective on it. <laughs> oh, that's what happened. Well, no, honestly, because there were there were points where I'm watching it and I'm like, I don't understand why this person is doing this. 
It, it makes no sense to me as far as I know for who the character is. And then you watch the little featurette and they're like, well, he's thinking about his wife and son who were blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh shit, I forgot about them. Oh yeah. Now that does make sense. <laughs> so yeah, it did help me a little bit, but yeah, there's things like that. It's, it's, it's a lot of stuff, but it's a lot of really, really short stuff. So sure. Yeah, that kind of annoys me. Yeah. It's a little bit of a mixed bag there. Um, but yeah, the the retail price on it is fifty bucks. You know, it's not going to be that. Oof. It's going to be a lot less. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Actually, I don't know how much it is uh, right now. <laughs> yeah. Can damn it. Always prepared. I know. I didn't even think to to look up what the current price would be. <laughs> Um, but I know all the other seasons have been really cheap. Uh, to stream it, season five on Amazon is thirty four ninety nine. No, this is season four. Oh, season four. It's twenty two ninety eight. Blu ray is twenty two ninety eight. Yeah. 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 Which is quite a discount. And to stream it is nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if if you're into the show, and I didn't spoil too much for you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Don't worry, you confused everybody more than you explained. It's worth it. It's it's a good season, I think. Uh, it gets a little draggy at the end. They added three episodes this season. The other seasons were ten episodes. This was thirteen. Um, and it let them explore some of the storylines a bit more in depth. Sure, sure. But at the same time, it got to a point where I was like, Really, we're going to spend a full episode on this? Wow. Okay. Uh, sounds like what the Sopranos <laughs> would do every now and then and just waste an episode. That used to piss me off. It, it felt like that. You know, I, I was like, well, okay, this is interesting because they don't do something like this and they're getting deep into this character and what's going on with them. But at the same time, I don't know that it was entirely necessary. Sure. So... Yeah, I, I mean, that was one of the things that I always complained about with The Sopranos, is that every now and then they would have a wasted episode, where, with me, like, Deadwood and The Shield especially, I never had that feeling, and Justified, never had the feeling about those shows at all, like, every episode had some meaning and, and had some good content, where Sopranos, you know, was always that, that darling that everybody just loved so much, and I would get to an episode, I'm like, God, this makes no sense, <laughs> you know, and I would just, I would I actually fast-forwarded through a couple of them. Well, see, and that was the weird thing. The, all of them fit into the story and they all had, they all fit into the larger storylines. It's just, it was something that probably could have been done in a quarter of the time, but they decided right. let's explore this. Yeah. Let's explore which is, the space. it's an interesting choice, but at the same time, after a while, it's like, well, all right, you know, we've explored enough. Let's move on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. All right. Uh oh, I didn't give it a score. Uh an oh, eight. Yeah. An eight. Alright. Yeah. So there we go. There we go. On to a game. Oh yeah, Legend of K. Holy shit, we're gonna talk about a game tonight? What? Yeah. Two games we talked about it's, Headmaster, it's, now we're gonna talk about this. One of those very rare things, yeah. yeah no game. shit. Uh <laughs> So this was a game, and this is funny, this was the game that we both went the let the what? Yeah, and <laughs> we I both had to look it up. I kinda still didn't remember it until I saw I finally found a video the next day. I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember uh-huh. that one. I didn't remember this at all. So oh, okay. well that's good. Then it was a new experience for you. Totally new. And now the interesting thing is I looked all this stuff up after the fact. Uh 
it came out on the PlayStation 2 in late right. September in 2005. Okay? It came out, this is why I didn't, this way I completely was lost on me. I came out the same week, two weeks after the NHL games. Okay? <laughs> the week of Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2006. Oh, jeez. X-Men Legends 2 Rise of Apocalypse. And We Love Katamari. Yeah, you weren't playing this at all. And then a week later, Sly 3, Honor Among Thieves, Indigo Prophecy, Midway Arcade Treasures 3, and Capcom Classics oh Collection hit. God. <laughs> so this just lost in the shuffle. Gone. Wow. I, all of that was on the shelves, and Legend of K was there, and I just I glanced at it and was like, no, no. <laughs> not even, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, a cat with a sword? No. <laughs> That's not for me. Um so yeah, this was something I completely missed. Um but I'm really kind of bummed that I missed out on it. I'm glad that I got to play it now. Uh and it makes me wonder what other really cool games I missed out on back then. Um it's actually a really good game. Uh nice. for a PS2 game. Um it's an action platformer. Um you're K uh, obviously, uh, you're <laughs> and building your this is your legend legend. No, you're right. building your legend. Ah, all um, right. you're an anthropomorphic cat. Um, oh, you're living in Yenching, uh, which is filled with talking cats, rabbits, uh, <laughs> frogs, not be fair, those sons of bitches. No frogs and pandas. Um, Ooh, talking pandas is Jack Black the panda? Yeah, and you well, it's it it's very it's funny because the developers, yeah, this was the last game they made. Really? Yeah, it was a German studio called Neon Software. Okay. And the only other game, the only other game that is like recognizable has like a real name to it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they made a couple, but the only other real namey one they made was Dave Mira Freestyle BMX for the Game Boy Color oh my in God. 2000. The Game um, Boy Color. Yeah. Ugh. So Legend of K was the first and only game they did on the PS2. <laughs> yeah, what for, for color should we put in the game? And they closed down a few months after it was released because of financial troubles. Aw. Yeah, so they never got to do anything beyond this. Uh, Actually, that happened to Grin Games this week. Yeah? Yeah, they had to close up for financial troubles. Uh, yeah. Um, so, it's kind of a shame, because the game, like the story, you can see they put a lot into it. They put a lot into the mythology of it and the story of it, and it's it has heavy Asian influences. Um which is odd from a German development studio. Um, but the whole thing is that there's this quasi-mystical religious code called the way um, that they all followed and that they had lived with forever and it, it brought them balance and health and life and all this other stuff. And sure, sure. then as time went on, the younger generation started to turn away from it and ignore it. And all these wells dried up and everything disappeared and the rats and the gorillas move in and invade. Okay. And now they're an occupying force there. 
And this is just ridiculous. Rats and gorillas would never work together, Josh. Well, I don't know. They, they actually they they don't like to work together. Um, the gorillas are obviously the muscle, and the rats are the brains behind everything. Well, of course. Um, so they're kind of at each other's throats, but they're the occupying force. So they're trying to put up the unified front of this is how we do things. And sure, sure. And there's propaganda <laughs> posters and things all over the place. It's well, the president. The precedent has been set by by Splinter, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, of course. Um, it's it's a pretty good story um, overall, and pretty involved with all the different things they have going on. They have like a like a motion comic almost thing going on where it's comic panels and then every couple of them start to move and so they can give you the story. That's how it starts uh, to tell you the whole backstory and everything. <laughs> this is how it starts. <laughs> and First the rats come and they work with gorillas. Those damn rats. Damn rats. Um, Mass anarchy. So you get quests and you go out and you're you're learning from your master um how to fight uh so you're slowly uh-huh. learning all these moves you learn some magic and things like that uh there's tons of upgrades to do uh and there's side quest type thing mini game type thing it's it's actually built into the storyline a lot of them where you have to do this to progress where you're riding on the back of a wild boar uh-huh. Which felt a lot like Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, it it it's interesting because it really felt like they took from they looked at all the action platformer type things around at the time. Like Crash Bandicoot was still there, um, Ratchet and Clank, and Sly Cooper, and uh, Jack and Daxter, and anything sure. else they could look at, and just kind of built their own mythology and story and pulled different kinds of mechanics and pieces from all of them. Um, and it works in its own weird way. Uh, there's, like I said, there's upgrades, there's uh, equipment and things you can buy. There's new weapons you can find along the way uh, and buy. Uh, you go from the cat village to where the rabbits are and to the frogs, which are in a swampy bog. That's very foggy and dark and difficult to navigate. Uh, So is this one of those remasters that you can switch between the old graphics and the new one at will? No, 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 really. You only have the new graphics. Oh, interesting. And for the most part, the new graphics look fantastic. They look beautiful. There's, there's some really great, uh, reflections and everything. And, and, it to a certain extent, you know, it looks great. The geometry <laughs> kind of makes it obvious that this was a PS2 game. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. I mean, if they don't have the original graphics on there, you would think that almost they would just redo everything. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like they're still using like some old stuff. They are. Yeah. Weird. That's how it feels. They just they just smoothed out and high res a bunch of things um, because the landscape, the, the trees, you know, things are blocky. Then you get that PS2 blockiness. Um, sure. Okay. And things. Uh, some of the textures just look bad. Like 
I have a picture near the end of the review of the dragon that you go and you find at one point, and he's sitting on a mountain of gold, and it just looks like big blobs of goldish colored, you know, with bad textures. It looks yeah. like gold all in saran wrap blobs, you know, like your typical okay. mounds of gold on PS2. Yeah. Where there's no real definition to them at all. Uh, so you'll see a lot of that at, in different places in the game, but it's funny because the dragon looks amazing. Oh, that's cool. So that's, it's, yeah, it's it, weird. Yeah. It's kind of like they decided to pick and choose their battles on, on what they'd really do a lot of work on and, and the other stuff they were like, yeah, good enough. You know, but I mean, is it the original developer doing this? No, remake or no, no, no. Cause they're gone. Yeah, that's just weird. So um, someone else obviously owns the IP now. Yeah, Nordic Games got a hold of it, and they put developer Kaiko, K-A-I-K-O, on it. Huh. Um, interesting. So it, it plays really well. Uh, it's an interesting story. It's it's kind of fun. Um, it does have its problems here and there. Uh, it's got problems with the camera. A lot of problems with the camera, actually. Isn't wait? Isn't it a side scroller? No, no, no. Oh, it's an action platformer. It's like a Jack oh, and Daxter. Oh, yeah, yeah, any, yeah. yeah. Any oh, I got you. I got you. I thought it was still yeah. kind of a two point five D thing. No, 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 no. It's okay. a full, full on three D world. You run around it. I got you. Um, the thing is with the camera, like in certain places, it's totally freeform. You can move the camera all over the place and any angle, and you can see, you know, with your character at the center of the screen. It's third third person action type thing. Yeah. Other areas, you can only move the camera around a little bit and suddenly you can't tilt it down to the ground so that you can look up and you need to look up because there's boulders coming at you from up above and you can't see where the boulders are coming from. So you're going to get destroyed every time. Yeah. There's, there's little things like that. And you get into weird places where you get into a boss fight that's in a very small enclosed space And you try to move the camera around and you can't. That's like the Achilles heel of 3D platformers back in the PS2 days. Yeah. And it's still there, Uh, which is a big problem because there was one boss fight where I spent almost the entire fight looking at my character's face because I couldn't turn it because I'm running up against the wall to try to get away from the guy. And then boulders are flying at me and shockwaves and I can't see them coming because I can't angle the camera. And it it was just a nightmare. Yeah. Um, I've been been through that myself. Yeah. But I got through it and and moved on. So it's not, it's not game breaking in any way. It's just frustrating. It takes you, you're like, oh yeah, this was a PS2 game. I see. (laughs) (laughs) This is your chance to show your kid at some point. Like, look what we had to play back in the day. Yeah. Back when, back when graphics couldn't do everything we see nowadays. Yeah. Those weren't high-res textures. It holds up pretty well, though. Um, overall, it's actually fun. Uh, and it's a good game. I, I give it a 7.5. Cool. All right. So, yeah, it just it has some issues here and there. Because right. of the source material. <clears throat> so, a couple things just happened while we were talking. Mm-hmm. First off, and this is only for Xbox One so far, but I'm sure we're going to see one for PS4. Uh, Thrustmaster just announced... Uh, that you're going to be able to buy just the base unit of essentially the T300. And so you can hmm. buy your own wheel for it right away. You don't have to get the one, the rubber one right away. But also, it's supposedly going to be compatible with 
the pedals from the Logitech G27. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't have all the details yet. I just saw this come up on GT Planet. Like I said, the one they're showing right now, uh, the model the, uh, that they're showing is only for Xbox One, but I, I would almost be positive they're going to do something like this for PlayStation as well. Uh, right now, it looks like MSRP is 259 But the thing is, if you have a G27 already, that's not a bad price. But you also have to buy a steering wheel, obviously. Uh, the so that's interesting. I'll I'll definitely email Thrustmaster tomorrow about it and see what we can do. Uh, see if I can get some more info on that. Also, there's going to be an event in Warframe this weekend. Uh, so they're doing a reward weekend uh, starting this Thursday, uh, the 13th. Runs for four days, and we are going to have a bunch of codes giveaway. So the codes are going to give you a credit booster for... Uh, it's a three-day credit booster that doubles the amount of credits you get from pickups in Warframe. So we're going to start giving those away, I believe, on Wednesday through Friday. We'll be giving those away on Twitter. And I'm probably on the forums, too. Actually, mostly on the forums. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So check that out. I literally, I, we just got these emails So uh, while we were talking. So keep your eye on the forums, keep your eye on Twitter, and uh, we'll get those codes out and start giving them away, yo. This gives me a great uh, a great reason to start playing some Warframe again. I, I, we played like a month and a half ago, I think, and we had a really good time. And I just I never get around to it because I'm always playing something else. So now that I've kind of given up on on Destiny for a while, this is a this is a good time to go play some Warframe. Very cool. All right. All right. All right. Uh, email. Mm-hmm. Oh, the raffle really quick. I'm going to be doing the raffle this weekend, most likely on uh, Saturday. So I'll put it up on Twitter and on the forums, but I'll be doing the raffle either on Periscope or like Twitch or something really quick. Um, I'll just use the PlayStation 4 camera or something. So keep your eyes open. I'll give you time and everything. I, I got to get the paperwork done, but work has been pretty crazy the last few days. So I haven't had time to get it done yet. All right. Emails. I guess you want me to do the first one since you've been know. talking so much? Sure. Are from our buddy Dale. Uh, it's from Dale Coolis. He says, Yo, PS Nation, it's been a while. It's been a while since part one of your, oh, God, no. Mm. Uh, since part one of your awesome Bondcast episode where you promised a part two covering the Dalton, Brosnan, and Craig films. Any word on when or if part two will be happening? Yeah, Josh, we going to do that ever? After Spectre, <laughs> maybe? Uh, that's, that's November, though. Well, we have to wait for Spectre. That's not a complete Bondcast unless we have all Dude, the movies. flipping out over Spectre, by the way. I'm oh. I'm going... It's almost more hype for me than Star Wars. Almost. I'm serious. I'm freaking out about it. I'm thoroughly excited. I have yeah. not watched a trailer for it, but I am thoroughly excited just because uh, it's Spectre. It looks so good. But, oh man, it looks so good. Uh, thanks again for doing what you guys do each and every week. They help my runs go by much faster. That's right. Dale's become like this running madman. Uh, and he says, oh, yeah, the Fantastic Four film opened this last week, and uh, there was no attachment at the end of the show with that legendary Norm bit on how he named the Fantastic Four members. Oh, my God. Uh, I totally forgot. I'll put that on the end of the show this week. Uh, Norm MacDonald does this thing about naming the Fantastic Four members. It's hilarious. Uh, I saw that film last week, by the way. Part of me had to see it just to see how bad it would be. And it was not as legendary, not as, as legendarily awful as the critics predicted. Eh, come on, Dale, stop giving everything its fair shake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just a very dull superhero film with lots of lulls. 
Kind of like the Green Lantern film, which I actually enjoyed. Hey, I like the Green Lantern. I did too. I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought Ryan Reynolds was good in it. I liked it. A few kids clapped at the. A few kids clapped and were ecstatic when it ended, though. So good for them, I guess. I think they were just now, excited that it was over. That's what I was just going to say. Hey, it's finally over. Well, apparently it's only like a hundred minutes. It's really short, but when you're watching it, it seems like they're trying to draw it out. So it's it's just this weird mixture of, like, if you're going to make the the film so short, like I get it going. And the, well, the director kind of distance himself from the whole blame the studio again so another one of these movies these offshoot marvel movies that aren't run by marvel yeah that just like daredevil they, oh it's because of the studio but there were there were rumors of him screaming and yelling on the set and because sure. he was supposed to do one of the star wars spinoffs and yeah they backed out of that after all the rumors were flying about this and the the rumor that I had read somewhere was that he wanted to make this more of a sci-fi, yeah, uh, slower-paced film. And when the studio saw the cut of it, they were like, "No, no, no, we need more action." And yeah. they went in and dumped in all these other scenes, and that's why it became such a kludgy mess. Apparently, which is which is funny because with the first Fantastic Four film, they had to do a bunch of reshoots because all of a sudden they saw The Incredibles. And what they did with Mr. Incredible, and they barely did anything with Mr. Fantastic in the first movie. The first time. So they went in and added all these scenes so that he would like do more stretchy things. Because, yeah, oh, Elastigirl. And, and, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, Elastigirl, sorry. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's pretty funny. But I've been, I read a few reviews because I wasn't really, I didn't care about this movie at all. So oh, I don't yeah. care about reading reviews. And- I'm, I'm not a Fantastic Four fan. <laughs> I'm not either. And- I just I knew this wasn't Marvel, and I knew it was going to be terrible. And yeah. it was. well, it's not Marvel; it's it's Fox, and we've talked about it before. But we had some people on Facebook that didn't realize this. So uh, these these other companies that still have the licenses for things like Daredevil and and for uh, Fantastic Four and that sort of thing, well, they have to do Marvel a movie. Has- Marvel is doing Daredevil. Marvel, are, yeah, yeah, they got it back. They've got but, it back. But, yeah, but Fantastic Four and Spider-Man are the big ones. Those are the big ones, yeah. Um, and I think, what was the uh, Nick Cage uh, motorcycle? Oh, yeah. Ghost um, Rider. Yeah. Ghost Rider, yeah. So the info on, on Oh, Fantastic and X-Men, Four, I'm sorry. And X-Men. X-Men is X-Men's the other the big, big one, one yeah. yeah. So the info on, on these is that, at least for Fantastic Four, they have to make a movie every seven years or it's they lose the, it. it yeah, it's back. the same thing with Spider-Man. They have to right. have something in development every X number of years, which is why they did three, Right. tanked, they quickly rebooted, did two yeah. more, and then they were like, shit, we can't, what are we going to do? And that's when they teamed up with Marvel to do right. Spidey so and all Fantastic that. Fantastic Four was seven years. They literally waited until the last minute to bring this one out. And the funny thing is, if you're going to wait that long... And you want, I just don't understand the thought process of, you know, if people are like, oh, they knew that it was going to tank. Why would you spend that much money on something you know is going to tank? Why would you not want to make money on, mm-hmm. especially now when the superhero craze is going on and all these superhero movies, including like Ant-Man and Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy and all that are making money. It, it just, that, that rationale makes no sense. But, you know, they had a lot of time to develop this movie. And it's shit. Yeah. It, it, from every account, it's shit. And... It, it it just makes no sense to me. Like, if you're going to rush it, I see how it's crappy. Like Spider-Man 2. But where they were actually writing the script while they were shooting it, just like Iron Man 2. They were rewriting the script when they were shooting it. You know, but they did that just to capitalize on Iron Man. Um, with this, like, you got time. 
get it done right. But the problem is Marvel not helming it is hurting it. You know, you've got all, it's the same shit where somebody posted it uh, either today or yesterday on Facebook. Like there was a special oh, uh, early screening of Batman versus Superman and it got a, a standing ovation. And then you go to read the article. It was all movie executives. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so are these the same movie execs that were that were really happy with uh, with Ben Affleck as Daredevil? I'm like, oh no, wait, this is DC. So these are the same people that were really happy with Superman Returns in the same land grab. Okay, yeah, because the movie execs know exactly what's going to be really good and what's because then they were saying, well, because of this, he got a long term deal and blah blah blah. I hope he directs it. I just don't want him in it. Well, that was like, and Kevin Smith tells this story all the time where. Uh, they showed off Mallrats at oh. San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. And, of course, that's his audience. So the whole place erupted, and there was like a standing ovation, and all the studio guys were in the back like, we're going to make millions off yeah. this. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. That, no that's the whole... Chill, that no. right there, that's the whole audience. Yeah. He's like, you're not going to... And they kept trying to market it like it was well, going to be this although big... Although Mallrats was a success. It Mal was, but it, it wasn't... wasn't in, it wasn't theatrically, but... And video, Mallrats became a humongous success. And actually, that's why a lot of people know who Kevin Smith is, is because of Mallrats. Yeah, but the studio, yeah. took, they, pour, they poured a ridiculous amount of money into the marketing. And he kept telling them, no, 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 don't do this. And After I heard the story about Superman that Kevin Smith was working on, after I heard about that, yeah. like my, I already kind of had an opinion about quote-unquote studio execs for movie studios, but man... Just the, the 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 amount of stupidity involved in most of these things, where you know people that get the rights for these movies just don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, and they just know staggering. that there's potential, but they don't know how to get the most out of it, and it, it just drives me bonkers. Yeah, so I I don't I I really highly doubt I'll see Fantastic Four until it hits video, and even then, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to make a special uh, concession just to go see it or something or go rent it or something. I, it's going to have to be like, oh, Fantastic Four's on. I guess I'll watch it. I, I'm sitting here scratching my ass for an hour and a half. Might as well do something else while I'm doing that. No, yeah. I'm, I'll probably never see it. I saw about 10 minutes of the first Fantastic Four, and I don't think I saw a frame of the second one. The second one was so bad. Like, Yeah. I just wasn't interested at all. They get to the all. point where Mr. Fantastic builds this thing called, I think it's called like the Fantastic Car in the comics. It's mm-hmm. a flying car. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of hinted at it in the second one at first, and it literally had a Dodge logo on it, and freaking <sighs> Fireball guy goes, does it got a Hemi? I mean, it was blatant <sighs> shit like that. I just wanted to choke somebody. It was so bad. And then it's Rise of the Silver Surfer, and the Silver Surfer is barely in the movie. <sighs> yeah, it. Oh, that second one was so atrocious. Like, the first one is tolerable, because there's some good scenes, a couple of good scenes. But, oh, that second one was such an abortion. It's yeah, I, so bad. That's yeah. why I'm glad I never wasted my time with them. But at least Chris Evans got to go on to be Captain America, which he owns. Yeah, and but that was the thing. Like, I watched a little bit of the first one because it was Jessica Alba, and well, I think yeah, she's yeah, hot. She's, and so of course, I'm going to watch her, but she's yeah. kind of wooden. Um, yeah, she, well, she's wooden movie look at sin city she wasn't even that good in that movie yeah she was terrible in that yeah um but but the funny thing is like i loved dark angel i never got into that show oh 
I love, well, I never got through the second season. I, I, I watched the first season and, and that's, what's funny. Cause I own, I think the first three seasons on DVD. No, it's just two seasons or two seasons. Then I got, yeah. I own the whole series on DVD. Yeah. I'm so, so awesome. I. Jesus Christ. I, I picked both of them so up pathetic. at Newberry comics in Boston. Uh, because they were used and they were cheap. And that was the only place I could find them cheap. You know, it's funny. I think time. it's probably why I own it is probably it was a, like a Black Friday deal. And I probably, mm. I know I got them really cheap because there's no way I would have bought those at the yeah. price. I thought it was like the concept was cool and it was it hard. Was. So I was like, all right. And I was into it. But Well, and it was what's her name from Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Was in it a bit. Not a visitor. Yeah, not a visitor. But that was... Like by the by the time they got to the second season, things started to get weird, and I think that's kind of why I dropped off. I watched the first couple episodes of that, or got part way through it, and I was like, eh. it, was, "It was just so weird because they were trying to like portray this dystopian world, but at the same time, it just seemed too clean still at times. It was just odd." Yeah. It's, but it's James Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> Going to the ocean so deep. I wish I had that song. God, I wish they would put that song out. Anyway. All right. Uh, thanks, Dale. Oh, and he says, uh, I'm rambling now. Guess who is also doing that? Must take my leave. Keep up the great work, guys. Thanks, Dale. Uh, Boncast we'll talk about. We should actually talk about yeah. I was actually thinking about because we're getting a lot of shit for that now. Like, it's been, it's been pretty, it's been pretty steady. Like, where's the Boncast? Where's the Boncast? Where's the Boncast? From what? Two people? No, I've actually, it's, it's becoming prevalent. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Because once again, Josh and Glenn don't have time to live through their, or uh, get their promises out there. It's a That's lot of work. Not really. Yeah, it is. I've been watching a lot of the Bond films lately. So. Oh my gosh, I haven't watched any of them in quite a while. Just watched Casino Royale yesterday. And... Um, I'm trying to think. I want to watch Skyfall again because I'm kind of in a Skyfall mood. I really want to I, watch that again. My problem with Skyfall is I watched it too much. I I loved it so much that I watched it a bunch of times, and then it yeah. was on HBO. And every time it was on, I would sit and watch it. And then I'm like Skyfalled out at this point. I'm like uh, I've seen it too much well, at this watch, point. Watch, go back and watch the old Brosnan films, and then you'll just appreciate Skyfall that much more. <laughs> Except for GoldenEye, which is still, in my opinion, probably in the top five Bond movies ever made. Uh, it is. GoldenEye is moments. one of the most perfect Bond movies ever made. Yeah, I don't know. It is. <laughs> it's got everything, and it's so well written. And I was like, oh my god, I love what they're doing the character. This is going to be great. Oh. <laughs> Save it for the Bond cast. Yeah, I know. Well, see? Now we're all jazzed up for it. We should do it. <laughs> At least I'm jazzed up for it. All right. Next email. All right. This one will be interesting. Uh, this is from So Tom. says you. Just wait till you hear it. This is from Tom Sands, uh, PSN Grey oh, Ghost. I, I actually emailed him back. Underscore 13. Okay. Well, this will be good. I want to put this out here for everybody to hear it. Did you have the answer? Oh, this is a different one. No. Okay. I, I, I saw this, but I didn't really comprehend it. There was another one that somebody. Oh, there was somebody that messaged us on, on PSN. Okay. And he asked about it. I answered him right away. I'm like, yeah, that's easy. This just came out too. Uh, this is old. Uh, yeah, guys, old. I need your help. I'm thinking of a 90s adventure game. Maybe point and click, but I can't think of the name. All mm. I can remember is it was a mystery story. This is like, <laughs> this is like an old game show. This is, like, this is like a mystery email too. Yeah. 
You are by a window early in the game. You go out the window and out into the neighborhood. You collect clues to to try to solve something. Maybe a murder? The word window might be in the title. I know it's not much to go on, but I was hoping something might ring a bell. Let me know. Thanks. (laughs) All right. All right, everybody. Did you get all that? It's it's (laughs) maybe point and click. 90s adventure. Let me hit the high points. 90s adventure. Maybe point and click. Uh, A mystery story. You're by a window early in the game. You go out the window and into the neighborhood. You collect the clues to solve something. Maybe a murder. Maybe not. The word window might be in the title. Might not. Anyone? Anyone? Come on, people. Let's see some emails. <laughs> it's not Phantasmagoria, is it? Hmm. Adventure Escape? Murder Manor? There's no window in any of those titles. <laughs> <laughs> is it Mystery Window? Murder Mystery Window? Murder Mystery Window 92? Mystery of the Murder <laughs> Window? Mm. Is it too too twain? <laughs> Was it an Agatha Christie game from the Adventure Company? Was it Murder by Death? One of the no, most fantastic great. movies. Amazing. Their new album is the best one ever. No, I'm talking about the movie. One of oh. the most fantastic movies ever made. One of the most perfect murder movies ever. Murder mystery movies ever made. Mm. Well, there's an Agatha Christie triple pack that came out for Windows. Is it four windows or with a window? <laughs> Maybe that's the window that was in the title. So it works on Windows 95. <laughs> four windows. <laughs> oh, that's the game. It's called Four Windows. I remember. <laughs> Sweet. There's four windows in the house. Oh, look. They're everywhere. <laughs> uh, nothing really jumps off the screen at me. All right. So everybody there, everybody out there listening, if if... Anybody has any idea what that is, send us an email and you will be a hero next week. Yeah. I do a giveaway, but I don't think I have anything to give away. Yeah. Um, I, as I was saying that, I was trying to think of something and I, I got nothing. <laughs> I can, well, I can always get a, get a giveaway. I'm sure I can find something. $10 PSN card? Eh, maybe that. That might be something, yeah. So let's see if anybody can answer us. All right. We'll get you something. We'll get Actually, you something. it's funny because I was thinking of next time we have like some giveaway. I, I came across a a graphic I did um, where I took, and it's way outdated now. It was all the banners I had created from the time I came on the podcast full time Yeah. up until that point. Yeah. And it wasn't that many. Um, we're like 200 episodes past that at this point. Um, but I was skimming through them. Like I zoomed in on it and I was skimming around them and looking at them and I thought, Oh, there's like a really good, uh, a really good trivia question in here. There's a couple of good trivia questions in the banners, uh, that we could come up tough ones that, that, you know, people would that really nobody have will to, get. Maybe, probably. But like when, like when Two Hands Revy writes in and says something about, no, it's psnation.org. <sighs> Four years ago. But that's the thing. If we have like some super special thing to give away that we really need a tough contest for, I have it. 
<laughs> well, okay. Well, I do have an idea that we'll have to talk about maybe tomorrow about okay. a really obscure T-shirt design for us that I think picks, fits us perfectly. Okay. I have. It's actually. I think it's a really kick-ass idea. So maybe we'll order a shirt for somebody. Mm. Yeah. All right. But I think I think it's a cool idea. All right. Let's get the hell out of here. I already did all the mm-hmm. email stuff and everything else and stuff, so I can play some Rocket League before I go to bed. So uh, until next week, folks, uh, next week, who knows what the hell we're going to talk about. Oh, I'll be talking about Goat Simulator next week, which I haven't even played yet. I've had it for a week, and I haven't even played it. Damn, shit. Goat I actually simulator. emailed her today. I'm like, I'm really sorry. Work got crazy, and then I had this thing all weekend. So I, I drank beer all weekend. It was pretty awesome. My, my old man liver handled it pretty well. Well done. All right. So what do you get? You're going to have something for you. You're going to do that other DVD, the, the rookie blue season five part one next week. Is that, is that the plan? That is the video review. Yes. And you're going to send me hee haw so I can review that. Uh, That is also a plan. Yes. All right. And I think next week I'll probably be reviewing full review of the G 29 driving wheel. If or, and or the Astro gaming, a 38s, which might wait until the week after. So we got stuff to review. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. Well, let's get out of here. We'll take it easy, uh, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for going on the forums. I think we're, we might be over 500 members now on the forums. It's close. Uh, but until That's next week. That's not many. Eh, we need more. We need more people to get off Facebook because, again, I got really close to shutting it down the other day because some people decided to be total douchebag assholes. And I was in a really foul mood. It was Thursday night. I worked like 11 and a half hours. I broke something at work. I had to fix it. And uh, I was in a really foul mood. I got home and I see this threat and I just wanted to kill somebody. So it's going to happen, folks. It's gonna, Go to the forums because it's so it's going to happen, man. I'm going to get rid of that Facebook group. I don't know when, but if this shit keeps up, it's going to be real soon. Just saying. <laughs> Old man Torgo is coming at it. All right. Get out there. Play some games. Have a great one. Josh. Take it easy. Uh, okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Maybe. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, San Diego. The origin of the Fantastic Four. Our heroes, flying in an experimental rocket ship, are assaulted by cosmic rays. Upon landing, they discover they have fantastic superpowers. Now, let's listen in and discover how Reed Richards, Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, and Ben Grimm became the Fantastic Four. Okay, I was up all last night, and I think I've come up with a great name for the group. Since we all have such fantastic powers, I think we should be called the Fantastic Four. Ooh, Fantastic Four. All right. That sounds good. I like that. Yeah, and I have come up with uh, individual names as well, if I may. Ben Grimm? You are a rock-like thing of a man. You will be called The Thing. Great. Sue Storm, you're a woman who has the power to make herself invisible. The Invisible Woman is your name from now on. Good. Johnny Storm, mm-hmm. you are human, and yet you are a torch. Yeah. The Human Torch. The Human Torch. Okay. And I, Reed Richards, can stretch my body like a rubber band. I will be Mr. Fantastic. Okay, let's get on to business. First order of business for the Fantastic Four. Uh, Dr. Doom has the entire world's plutonium supply. Excuse me for a second. Yes, Ben. Um, uh, Never mind. Never mind. What is it, Ben? It's nothing. It's nothing. Nothing. 
Ben, we have to speak openly here. Well, it's just about the names. How do you like yours, the thing? No, I'm, I'm fine with that. It just <laughs> seems a little... Well, I'm kind of a thing of a man. You're calling me the thing. Uh-huh. Sue is a woman who can become invisible. She's the invisible woman. Makes sense. Johnny is human, yet a torch. So he's the human torch, right? Sure. And you can stretch your arms like a rubber band. Uh-huh. And you've named yourself Mr. Fantastic. Yes, Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, seems a little, little odd, you know. Yeah. I don't understand the problem. <laughs> I mean, we're all named after our powers. Right. But your power is to stretch like a rubber band. Right. That's why I come up with the idea, Mr. Fantastic. It's a fantastic ability I have. Right. No, one, no one's saying it's not fantastic. I mean, many people, when they see me stretch, they often use that word, fantastic. I think what Ben's trying to say, Ben, right, is that um, we all have fantastic powers, but we're called what we do. Right. Yours is stretching. Maybe Mr... Stretch guy. Stre- oh, I was thinking well, stretch. But the, <laughs> that's my name. Right, El okay. Stretcho. El Stretcho! No, 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 not El Stretcho. No, it's Mr. Fantastic is my name, okay? Now, if you guys have problems with your names, we can talk about it. My name is Mr. Fantastic. Let's talk about Dr. Doom. Okay? It's just not fair. It's not, what? <sighs> okay. Ben, could, right? Could M- fantastic explain? is a, an adjective that describes what I do. Well, why aren't we adjectives? You are. You're the Fantastic Four. You like that name, don't you? But individually. Do you like that name? Yes. Okay. So you like it when you're the Fantastic Four, but you don't like that I'm called Mr. Fantastic. No. Now, read. Just, just, just hear me out. We're the Fantastic Four, right? You're Mister Fantastic, right? The Fantastic Four comprises the Thing, the Invisible Girl, the Human Torch, and Mister Fantastic, right? Doesn't that seem a little odd to you? What is it odd about that? Just because my name is Mister Fantastic and the group's called the Fantastic Four—that's your problem. Because well, in a nutshell, yes. Yeah, I think that's- it's a coincidence. A coincidence you created. There's only so many names. Look. The, the, the group's been named, okay? Why can't you be called like we are what you do, what your power is? Okay, I think we're saying the same thing. I think we're saying the same thing. Okay, what are we saying? We're saying that we're fine with being, being called Mr. Fantastic. I mean, in different words, right? No, no. Read. Look. What we're saying is you should be called Mr. Stretchy Arm. Listen. I the name oh, come the, on, the you point don't... is the group has been named okay and that's that's it it's in All the news right. it's in today's newspaper as a matter of fact <laughs> what do you mean it's in the newspaper take a look the Fantastic Four headed by Mister Fantastic will fight Doctor Doom today at three there you go byline by Reed Richards A.K.A. Mister Fantastic what? different guy that's a different guy uh, I don't know who that is and I don't know how the press get their sources whatever. Look, you don't want me to be called Mr. Fantastic? Okay, I won't be called Mr. Fantastic, okay? You can call me Mr. Assface. Come That's on, I'm, don't. No, I'm changing my name. I'm, I'll phone the editor of the, uh, uh, you know, the Times tomorrow, and I'll say, hey, I'm changing it to Mr. Assface. Uh, you know, reprint all the newspapers, okay? No, we don't want this. Don't. Come on, Reed. It'll be Mr. Assface and the Fantastic Three. If it's that and important the press will have a field day with that. Oh, all right, Reed. if it's that important, you, you're Mr. Fantastic. Just be him. Who cares? Okay. Yeah.
But so you- I'm Mr. Fantastic. Yes. Yes, you're All Mr. Right. Fantastic. I'm Mr. Fantastic. Good. Good. What should we do now, Mr. Fantastic? You don't say it like that. You do not say it like that. All right, Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Okay. Okay. <laughs>